The Solid 7 Podcast is fueled by Jocko Go. Engineered for anyone who wants to get after it in life, pre-meeting, pre-testing, pre-negotiation, or pre-mission. If you're looking for an extra cognitive or physical edge, Jocko Go is your force multiplier. With 95 milligrams of caffeine and zero sugar, the keto-friendly Jocko Go will give you a physical and cognitive boost without the crash that you experience with average energy drinks. Visit JockoFuel.com today, and you can use our promo code SOLID7, that's S-O-L-I-D-7, to get 10% off your order. Get on the path and get after it. Oh, and because lawyers exist, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. to a solid seven podcast, a better than average podcast, if I do say so myself, and I do. This isn't a show about nothing. It's not Seinfeld, but it's also not a show about any one thing. Each week, I get together with a guest, and we talk about whatever is going on in the world that interests us. And this week, we are uh, pleased to welcome Jeannie Torado as our guest of the podcast. Welcome. Hello, hello. And not Hi. only, there's a bonus this week. Not only do we have a stellar guest, but we've brought in a co-host. Maybe a one-time only co-host. We'll see. Who knows? We'll see how this, this my goes. my trial run. <laughs> but uh, Alex is back. I feel like you were just here. I literally was just here. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez was just on episode 82. Yeah. And here you are back again. Same chair, different role. Yes. Now I am practice co-host. Are you feeling the pressure? A little bit, a little bit. Not <laughs> Make it lie. official. Yeah, this is my audition. So, <laughs> so well, as as listeners will already know from the show title and or show notes, Jeannie is a, a professional. Can can you use actor just blanket or do you have to say actress? What's proper? This is your first I say question. Voice actor. Okay, a professional voice I actor. Voice actor. And um, yeah. you're based out of L.A., correct? Mm-hmm. And so when you're working with these Hollywood types, they come with demands. They come with writers. Uh, famously, I think it was maybe somebody from Rolling Stones or Metallica wanted like all green M&Ms. We all know how this goes. I thought that was Miley Cyrus. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> I bet Miley's I bet Miley's writer is much weirder than all green M&Ms. Maybe. But, but uh, Jeannie's request, nay demand, mm-hmm. was that Alex co-host the show that she be present as well yeah yes merely because i am an absolute coward (laughs) and when alex told me about i was like i'll do it if you're there yes (laughs) well as a as a podcast regular and favorite alex was was more than welcome to to sit in the co-host seat low-key i've always wanted to co-host yeah i've always wanted to give it a shot was this on the list for this year too you already got to cross off podcast regular but is was co-host on the list or why have we exceeded the list okay so the the item on my list and um genie if you weren't aware i shared on my last episode that part of my bucket list for this year was to be a regular on a podcast slash start my own podcast Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i feel like this is kind of both because it's not mine but i feel like i've crossed the line of yeah there's a little bit of ownership here. Yeah. If you don't manage the ladder, you can kind of fib it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I mean, I crossed it out and I wrote solid seven next to it. So I would say the real Check. crossing of the line is when you're a guest on a podcast of saying my bucket list 
is to be a co-host, wink, wink. Right. Yeah. Permanent. Or have my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see. So we'll see. Well, <laughs> Jeannie, I think, uh, you know, Alex was our, she was also playing Booker for this episode. She was. was our go between our liaison. She was either playing my Booker or your manager. I don't really know which. Uh, but either way, she helped make this happen. And so she was talking to you. She was trying to make a, you know, here, you won't know this, but here at the Sotsum Podcast, we are fueled by Jocko Go, which you hadn't heard of before, which is a shame that you're based in California because Jocko himself is based out of out of San Diego. Um, and so, but you looked around, you hadn't seen it, you hadn't heard of it. That's okay. We're going to consume enough Jocko Go for the three of us. Uh, here on the Central Florida sign of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So we'll crack these bad boys open and toast to uh, Jocko Go List Genie. Here's to you. So happy to have you here. First sips, a little Mm -hmm. ASMR. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go. It's good stuff. So uh, listeners, of course, you can get your own Jocko Go, 10% off with the uh, promo code SOLID and the number seven on uh, JockoFuel.com. There you go. Yeah, you can. So, uh, well, this is a, an abnormal amount of time for us to get to the guest. This is the problem with the co-host. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm like a dog seeing a squirrel. I'm just, I'm not calling you a squirrel or the dog. I don't know what the metaphor is here. Either way, I'm distracted. It's just too much going but on. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there it's are. a lot. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I, I had a co-host. I don't know what to do with myself anymore. But uh, Jeannie, you are, of course, the the main show here. So we go, and I, I'll be interested to see if you remember here, because we didn't interact a ton, but we go way back as... Many guests on the show have with me um, to uh, to church a long time ago. You were you were much smaller at the time. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, well, I think you're you know you're sitting down. But, he's, uh, you can't see on the camera, but he's going like this. He's using like the small like a child. As, <laughs> as we were going through this process of, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? Was that was that ringing any bells? You're like, I think I know that guy. I think I. No, Alex said it was Jade's husband. <laughs> <laughs> this this is my life um in that everyone loves jade everyone um I, i've never met anyone like even before she was my wife when people would have been more prone to be like yeah i don't really like her i've never heard it i've never heard that either yeah. that would be very weird yeah i think anybody who said that wouldn't know her yeah at all so but uh yeah, yeah alex uh you know uh, and uh, Jeannie both kind of grew up in the the church that we've referenced here many, many times that I used to work at and served at mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And once upon a time, uh, Jeannie actually sang in little ensembles that my wife was leading. I did, yeah. In what seems yeah. like another lifetime. So, mm-hmm. so what? And I hate to say it, but our church was kind of cutthroat with that stuff. Like we were, we were very competitive. And then there was also, it was very clicky and obviously when you get like middle school and high schoolers together it's always going to end up being like that but it was cutthroat and your wife was like such a breath of fresh air she was probably one of the only leaders I had that was genuine and it wasn't like there wasn't any kind of other what's the term um like other reasons for them trying to be your leaders like they they want to lead you. They want to mentor you. And there's just that altruistic essence there that was not found in like any other group that I was in for <laughs> yeah. fine hours. So, so what we're talking about for the listeners, the uh, Assemblies <laughs> of God as a denomination does this nationwide thing called fine arts, cleverly named. <laughs> it's a, it's a really broad term. So it's, it's for, for youth that runs seasonally 
And there's all these different categories within fine arts that youth can participate in. There's, they call them human videos, which is a weird word if you haven't been around it in church, but it's basically like drama acted out to a song. And But there's songwriting, there's graphic arts, there's, you know, vocal ensembles, vocal soloists, big choirs, anything that can kind of fall under that umbrella of art. I mean, people do stomp routines, rap routines. They've actually added a theatrical category That's now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they have musical theater now, so I've yeah. seen. Uh, oh, my wow. favorite is the puppetry category, though. That's it, that one of be. my favorites to just go and watch. Puppetry because- would be. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the context that this this stuff fell in. So for the longest time now, uh, I don't know how much this holds true from year to year, but the, the church we're from was the largest participant in the country. It probably bounces back and forth with some churches out in Texas. Uh, but and definitely one of these. So they don't call this thing a competition. It's a festival. Uh, and so, it's a competition. Yeah, 100% yeah. a competition. And so it's funny because they're like very dogmatic about it being a festival, but there's there's winners and there's losers. There's losers. So you, <laughs> yeah. you participate yeah. in this at like a district level, and then depending on how you're you're rated at the district level, you you can go to nationals. And our church traditionally has done very well at both levels. And large and small ensembles was something we were always pretty well placed in and it was super competitive (laughs) to get into them. And some people took these, (sighs) some people, uh, you know, really weren't aware of the festival aspect and, uh, and we're pretty competitive And the beauty of, uh, my wife's involvement and, uh, Jeannie can call me out if I'm lying here is that, yes, she didn't, she wasn't that like killer instinct competitive, like, I just want the flashy best singers, best stage presence. That's not to denigrate Jeannie for having been in my wife's ensembles, but Jade had this knack for picking out the diamonds and the and diamonds in the rough and actually, um, actually leading them, actually mentoring them, actually discipling yeah. them. But then also, uh, my wife, despite being, uh, the genius CPA that she is, mm-hmm. is, uh, she's not like a musical savant, but her musical chops are not to be trifled with. Um, so she was in top choruses and choirs from high school all the way up through college. And mm-hmm. she's quite the vocalist herself. And so she'd see these pieces that people had passed on and be like, no, there's, there's talent there. And her ensembles actually always did, uh, always did quite well, despite winning, not being necessarily the goal. <laughs> not necessarily. It's such a different dynamic. And like, I've gotten to know that so I went on to have a music degree and then with that, like everything I've ever done job wise, it's always been a collaboration and that can make or break a collaboration. If it is a team, um, if it's more than just the end product, it always has to be more than the end product. And, um, and even if that end product like comes out great, it can ruin the lives of the people that were a part of it. So then it overshadows any of the product. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's talk about that journey from when last I saw you, when last we heard from you, um, you know, I I don't know how old you would have been last time we kind of interacted at church. It's been a while since I've worked there, been a while since I was a leader, been a while since you were around. So kind of what, what's, what's the path from there? So that probably would have been middle school, high school. I was around you. So where, where, where did college take you? I went to a Christian university that my mother went to in Tennessee called Lee University. Uh, got a music degree. Did go back to Orlando for a time. I probably lived there for like a year and a half. 
And then I decided to pursue, like, I was like, I'm, I don't want to do opera. So then I decided to pursue voice acting. And rather than moving, I, L.A. was always end goal because L.A. is where all the major projects, like, you, you're not going to change where Disney Studios is. You're not going to change where Paramount and Sony and WB, like, they're not going to move the water tower. It's always going to be here in L.A. So I knew that was end, end goal. But to get there, I um, moved halfway across the country. I speak for living. <laughs> I moved halfway across the country to Texas um, where I was able to do voice acting and turn it into a full time there. And then after four years, moved out to L.A. So and now I'm here. <laughs> Lee, it's funny because Lee's a, a, a school that most people probably haven't heard of, but they actually have a dope music program. Yeah. Like they churn out some real, some real talent. So you, you did, uh, your major was classical voice. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Don't worry. I did marry a Southeastern guy. So yeah, <laughs> she did. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, again, for for the listeners outside of, uh, you know, Christian culture or uh, Bible college culture, so Southeastern, we, it's come up on here before, and I can't remember who I, who I was talking to. Oh, um, Emily that was on a while back ago. She went to Southwestern, so a bit of a sister mm. school. But uh, Southeastern is a university here in Florida now over in the Lakeland area and a, a pretty decent-sized private school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before it was a university, it was Southeastern Bible College. Right. Uh, the very easy and not at all clever joke that it was uh, Southeastern Bridal College. Uh, and there's yep. many jokes about going to Christian schools and, uh, you know, getting your MRS degree. The ring by spring. And, uh, yeah. You've heard yeah. that. Fun fact. There's... I don't know if you know this, Cal. I went to Southeastern. Did you really? I did for my bachelor's and my master's. But you came out single. I did. Did they I refund your tuition? The they should have 100%. But Absol- Biden's trying to do that now, so it's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to be reimbursing your tuition. <laughs> But Alex, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't like a lot of faith uh, people from our church, like it was kind of like funneled into Southeastern. Like, I don't think they have a program where it's like, they, it gives you credit. Yes. Um, that's not how I went. I just kind of toured the school and went on my own. But then I just saw a lot of people from our church there. D- so I don't know. Despite, despite being in Lakeland, which, uh, you know, I'm going to be kind here. Not the flashiest city mm. in America or no. Florida, for that matter. <laughs> uh, it's it's a nice campus. But, yeah, just our proximity, the size of our church, the size of our, our youth church. Um, the youth church all three of us came up in. Um, unusually large for, you know, if, if, if you grew up in church, if you go to church now and you have a youth group or you have a youth church that's like, 20, 30, 40 kids on a big night. That's pretty standard. Um, we're talking 18, 1900, 2000 kids a week through the youth services mm-hmm. uh, at our church. So, and, and with close proximities to Southeastern. So, and, right. and, and effective ministry. So there was a lot of kids that kind of naturally funneled there. Um, and then now there is uh we're like a satellite campus and stuff for them, but some still make the but a fun fact yeah. back then. So a lot of, they had a program at Southeastern for film students where you do a semester out here or in LA. And that's how, like, I'm friends with a lot of people. My my group here, they're all Southeastern people because they did that program and then just stayed in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. They actually and, have a really big uh, film program there. Right and now? then Southeastern cut the film program, like, literally and, right after your <laughs> husband graduated. <laughs> 
I remember and there I, was some scandal there. Oh my gosh, was there ever? Yeah, there was some unfortunate stuff that went down as they were were growing. Actually, my my best friend, who's um, well, we won't talk about what he does now. It's it's complicated for podcast logistics and <laughs> cancellations of people and such. But um, he was there once upon a time, and his program while he was there got dropped out from under him like two or three times wow. throughout the course of just as they were shifting and as they were reprioritizing. And so it's, you know, it's tough in those growth stages like that. But, uh, you know, when you're the one on the receiving end, it doesn't. Uh, so yeah. not to denigrate Southeastern, it's it's a great school. Send your kids there. Tell them I sent you. Salt 7 Podcast. <laughs> no discount code. Not yet. No or discount code. Or go, <laughs> or, or go to Lee. Okay. Sure, that's fine. Um. Now, Jeannie was, I'm sorry, I'm going to brag on you a little bit. That might happen from time to time on this episode, but you were in Voices of Lee, were you not? Yes. Okay. You look yeah. at me like, what? Yeah. No, Voices of Lee, which <laughs> is kind of a pretty prestigious, like, is it, it's not acapella. It is acapella. I should know It's this. mainly acapella, and they were the, so there's like tiers of ensembles, and that was like the top tier ensemble. That's the ensemble they would send out for any kind of um, promo events to talk about Lee. They would send them out. And then a lot of those people then funnel into there is a Disney mm-hmm. uh, singing group called Voices of America. And they Voices sing at the Voices of Liberty. Oh yeah. My God, yeah. 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 No, you're the America they, compound. <laughs> they actually do side gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah. Voices of Liberty when they're at Disney. Right. And when they're yeah. side gigging, not under Disney's name, they call themselves Liberty Voices. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Very clever. Yeah. you. I would never know. Yeah. Never connect the two. I didn't, I didn't know uh, Lee fed that so much because there's, if you've ever been to uh, Epcot and like the America Pavilion and heard the group singing there, that's them. And they've got some chops. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, they can... They can sing. They're very like Disney's got its style, right? And it's very Disney style. But man, they're they're good. They can they can bring it mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So you get back. Well, like, half of our music yeah. would be the same. Would be the exact same sheet music that we would sing from them. Oh, really? So essentially, mm-hmm. Voices of Lee was like gateway Voices of Liberty, kind of. And like, that just- also made me realize. I don't want to pursue music as a career. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that like, so you go into school, like you're, you're pursuing this degree in classical voice. What did you think the end game was? What did you want to do with that? Uh, I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be doing opera. And then when I did more voices of Lee kind of singing where it is more that Disney stuff. And I was like, well, I want to do voices. And I still like, I would, my goodness, if Disney asked me to do singing vocals for them, of course I'd say yes. I'd still love to do that. But that was my goal getting into the studio, doing that, like just singing. Um, but as cutthroat as acting is, opera is like 10,000 times more cutthroat. Yeah. Like you have to live and breathe that stuff. And I don't, I, I enjoy other stuff. Well, and you didn't <laughs> like, you didn't want to pursue a musical genre that people like though. Uh, I've never, I'm, I don't feel like I'm that good of a pop singer, to be honest. I don't have like a crazy high belting voice. Um, I had more of like a, like falsetto if you, um, yeah understand that like kind of head voice I always sing like higher stuff um and I'm not a songwriter I've never as much as I love music a melody lyrics never have come to me I've never Alex you write amazing songs compared to me thank you I've never written a song in my life poetry yes (laughs) 
<laughs> songs, not not so much. Maybe we can collab one of these days and figure something yeah, out. Not a big difference. <laughs> not a big yeah, difference. I've never, but like you said, melody, it's not, that's not one of my strong things. Music is not my thing. There is, this is an aside, and we probably won't sidetrack on this episode as much as usual, but is everyone as in awe of, and I might say his name wrong, Charlie Puth, is it Puth or Puth? Puth, uh-huh. As I am. Puth. Because he is a freak of nature. He really is. I, I okay. He's great, but I've heard that he is not a nice person to be around in person because he's a genius and he knows it. Ooh. Ooh. Like we he, might. We're gonna have we're gonna have to add a segment to the end of the episode now, like hot Hollywood goss. Like <laughs> if you, I, yeah, <laughs> no, if you if you love his kind of musicality, another musical genius. So Charlie Puth is famous because he has perfect pitch, right? Yes. He can hear Freaky any perfect. tone, and he can yeah tell you the note that it is. Jacob Collier, who is another artist that I love, also has perfect pitch, plays every single instrument on his albums, and is the sweetest human ever. So different kind of sound, more orchestral music. Um, but if you want to listen to somebody who has perfect pitch and is like musical genius and younger than all of us, I highly recommend Jacob Collier. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go Google him after this. I still listen to Charlie Puth though. He's, who he's got some bangers. I just, the part like perfect pitch is, it's impressive. It's, it does, like to some extent you can only be so impressed with God-given things, right? So it's like mm -hmm. you can kind of, like there's some work to be had with perfect pitch, but kind of it's there or it's, you're yeah. not going to get it if you don't have it, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, you can, like you can nurture can it. Train. Mm -hmm. But his ability, it reminds me of, this will be a, a movie you guys probably haven't ever heard of or seen, had Sammy Davis Jr. in it, and I can't remember who else. It was a movie called Tap. Uh, so the plot line is this guy was like a thief, like he'd rob jewelry stores and stuff, goes to jail, but his dad was... <laughs> a big tap guy and this guy gets out of prison and he's like going tap dancing. Or yeah. Tap, tap dancing. Okay. Yeah. Tap dancing. It's, but so there's this scene in the movie where the main character, Gregory Hines, maybe it has taken this whole club of people out onto the street to teach them how his dad, who was famous for tap dancing in this area would, he just had a really special t sound, a really special technique. And he would listen to the sounds of the city and pick out the sounds of the rhythm and translate that into tap. That's this whole segment in this movie. And so watching Charlie Puth do that, like I saw a clip of him just today with Jimmy Fallon, like live just sitting there on the set, just tap a mug with a spoon and then start pitching, record it, pitching it up and down and turning it into basically a beat right there unprompted on the fly. Mm -hmm. That's the freak of nature part. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder how, like how often he practiced at home, that kind of thing. And like, what's natural, like you said. I will say I have another hot take. I, so I, being in, a, in music and having music, I had a couple people in my degree program that had perfect pitch. And kind of when you have perfect pitch, you're like an automatic let in. Like you apply and they're like, yeah, we want you. Um, but every one of those people uh, were not great singers. Like, there wasn't much listenability in their voice. Like they'd be like, uh, uh, it would be like almost like robotic. Yeah. It wouldn't have that kind of just a pretty voice. And I hate to say it, but everybody I've met who has that, it's very, it's almost like robotic technical thing and it doesn't translate into, but they sound pretty. Yeah. 
So listen. Charlie Puth sounds great. So I don't yeah. think I can say blanket statement for everyone, but everyone I've personally known who was in the music program with Perfect Pitch, they played instruments. Sorry, sorry <laughs> if you're listening to this. All right. Yeah, guys. listeners with Perfect Pitch, you can address your concerns to Jeannie Truth on Instagram not. and Twitter yeah. at. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so it was the draw for opera the the that it fit your voice or that it is like very uniquely you're rarely just going to perform opera music like there's it's it's always there's always that acting component or almost always that acting component with with it so is that part like was the acting part of the draw for you was there always that desire there no i always i i it was literally just because my voice fit um so it's called a coloratura soprano that's like the highest of the high soprano and i could hit those notes fine so i was like well if god has gifted me with this i gotta go with this I didn't personally enjoy it. Um, personally, I wanted to like do Broadway. So I did still want to perform on stage, but I wanted to do like the flashy numbers and the fun songs and like, you know, where you're almost like talking in the middle of a song and then you, then you go into singing. But I did not have um, the look, as people say, for Broadway. So nobody in high school, like they didn't know what to cast me as. They were like, uh... You could be the old cat who sings Memory in the musical oh, I Cats. I remember that. You did a great job in that role, But, Jean. like, they didn't know what to cast me as. I was not the 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 pretty maiden, you know? So I was like, well, I, I have an opera voice, so I'll do opera. Um, but then after college, I finally got my gumption to say, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> it was exactly what it sounded like. Yep. S- so like <laughs> what was what was the trigger like you you come back to central florida what was the the trigger or the pivot to like bump this i'm going to i'm going to pursue voice acting well i realized that i was unhappy with my degree it was either it was like last um end of junior year or beginning of senior year and at that point i was like i'm almost done with my degree i just have to finish it out but i didn't enjoy it i would go back to my dorm room not happy with the stuff that I'm having to study and to feel better, I would put on cartoons. That's what I would put on every night to make me feel better. Any kind of Disney cartoons, any kind of, I mean, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, anime, I'd just be watching that in my dorm room to feel better. I was like, this is what makes me happy. As one does. <laughs> I was going to ask what the go-to was. I don't was. know if other people do that, but yeah. <laughs> I did. Well, I do, like, I, lots of people... Um, well, one, I do uh, in my old age now as a dad, I do find significant amounts of comfort in Bluey. It is the best show on television, I hands love down. Bluey. Like animation, live action, drama, comedy, scripted, unscripted, doesn't matter. Bluey is better than everything available to stream or watch over the air. I'm going to have to watch down. Bluey. This is oh the second time we've mentioned it. I don't oh even have God. kids and I love it. It's, it's fantastic. Um, it's so good. But I will say, like, I, you know, I do that now as a grown man. It's like the office scrubs parks and rec, uh, a little bit friends. That's more the wife, but I found an appreciation for it after marrying her. That's not me trying to sign, sound macho. It just do, didn't ever do anything for me. No, I didn't really relate to anybody, but Chandler don't shockingly strike, yeah. don't strike me as a friends guy though. For real. Um, I mean, Chandler, arguably my spirit animal, Yeah, 100%. Um, but uh, those things you throw on and I saw somebody make a joke. It might have been a meme, might have been a gif, who knows, might have been actual conversation. They all blend together. But somebody was like, it's really problematic that Office fans don't ask, do you watch The Office? 
They don't. They say, "Do you watch The Office?" Not, "Did you watch The Office?" Right. It's been off the air for like seven years, and they assume you should still be watching it. And Absolutely. I'm like, I don't even know how many times I've been through the whole series. Yeah. I couldn't mm-hmm. give you a count. Did you get the Peacock streaming service just so you could watch The Office, like a lot of people did? No. Um, I use this app called Cheap Charts, uh-huh. and you can put favorites in Cheap Charts, and it tracks iTunes sales for you. Okay. And so the second a full series of something I want goes on like a deep discount, I pop on it. Nice. So okay. I just own it, and That's Peacock gets none of my money. That's fantastic. Screw you, Peacock. No, I'm just done great. paying any more streaming services. That's actually a very unless, good way to of do course, it. Jeannie's like, "Well, my voice is coming up on this show on the podcast," and then of course, mm. as I would encourage the <laughs> listeners to do, you pay to watch it. Yeah. After you become a Patreon supporter, you pay to watch. But whatever only, she's if, on. only if that happens. Yeah. Because I'm a. I mean, I'm I have all the streaming services and I actively hate it even <laughs> as I pay for all of them. It's too much now. There's too, there's too much. Too there much are, content. Yeah, there's, and then it's yeah. everything plus Paramount plus, Disney plus, Disney plus, whatever. Yeah. It's all like, okay, we're not even getting creative with the names anymore. Like, we all know what this is. All right, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a voice actor. I've got the dream. I've got the goal. Now I've got to say, part of what really I mean, um, it's uh, like knowing you having that connection, you knowing your connection with Jade. Um, we'll we'll get to kind of your I don't know what what do you call it your your resume, your real your accomplishments because you've done some things like some cool things, um, but like the the base int- like I've just always been intrigued with voice work as a profession. Um, I don't, I don't know if I, if I had, if I was intrigued for by it before Mike Rowe, mm. but like Mike Rowe is my, my hashtag goals. I'm like, if only I had been born with that voice. I can't. He's recognizable instantly oh every time you hear him. We, so, uh, Jeannie, we talk about like the, the podcast really eclectic and, uh, I talk about space stuff all the time, rockets, Kennedy, whatever my kids into it. I'm into it. There's really cool stuff going down right now. Elon's trying to launch giant rockets. NASA's trying to launch giant, ro- giant rockets. We have this dope new telescope out there, James Webb, changing science, changing understanding of the universe. It's returned data that contradicts the Big Bang. It's a little problematic for science mm. community. We'll sort it all out. But so anyway, so we talk about these things. So we go out to KSC with the kids. My son loves it. Hop on the bus tour to go out to the Apollo, the Saturn V Center out there, whose voice is narrating the video. Mike, Mike freaking Rowe. Rowe. Who else would you have on there? Oh like, that's my the, gosh. he's the perfect voice. And so I'm like, and you know, one time back, taking it back to the church, I was doing heavy work on a script for a video for a major project that we were doing. We actually hired a voice actor for it. So I was involved in that, like, back and forth. And I'm like, oh, hey, I kind of want these words a different way, whatever. Got his reads back. And I'm just like, this dude is sitting at home in his closet with a few thousand dollars in gear and just sharing the buttery tones of his voice with the world. And that's what he's doing for a living. And clearly I've made poor life choices, which is not to imply that just anybody could do it. I don't have the voice for it. And even now, uh, this will be 84, I think, episodes into the podcast. People will come back and be like, man, you've just got a great voice for this. I'm like, are you listening to the same thing? I told you that. <laughs> See? I told you that. I was like, it's, man, you just have a good podcast voice. It's all the people without perfect pitch. That's who's that's, saying. That's what- <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it's just an, intri- an an intriguing thing for me, and and then when you when you see it, when you see the behind the scenes from the big movies, like when you see freaking you know Dwayne Johnson 
singing, you know, a Disney song with Lin-Manuel right there, like orchestrating just his one vocal. Like, this is kind of a crazy thing. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. you get this, this little glimpse of like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. doing his, yeah. and it's, yeah. or as the genie. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a really cool yeah. line of work just to see the genius of it. Anyway. So it's just this really intriguing thing. It's like, um, you're an actor, but it's a different thing. And so, um, like I, I get, I think everybody kind of has a grasp from television, you know, movies, whatever, like I want to make it an acting. We all kind of know what that looks like, right? You move to New York or LA, you take a waiting job, you go on a lot of auditions, um, you make some questionable choices, you get taken advantage of, maybe you get cast in something. Yeah. At some point you move back home to the Midwest, right? Um, yeah. And so like, we know how that goes, but uh, like what you, what you're doing in the industry is really different. So I'm like, once you kind of make that call and you're like, I'm going to be a voice actor, how do you, how do you even start the process? I didn't want the story, the the typical story to be my story. So I was like, I have to do this the smartest way possible. So you start with where you are. I was, um, so this was before I even decided to move to Texas. Cause I, um, that when I moved to Texas, it was for voice acting. So I knew I wanted to do it then. First you research. So I just like everything scour the internet it's an amazing resource that we didn't have years ago you know so all these actors that i'm that i'm loving their performances from like you know Rugrats and teen titans they didn't have the resources that we had but we have those resources now so i googled everything and i started off small and started off with what i know so i found a studio in orlando and they didn't do any animation, of course, because they don't have a full animation studio, but they did like local commercials. So I was like, fine, I will get my feet wet doing that. So they um, produced my first demo reel and I started and there's a lot of now there's like a lot of classes you can take online, especially after COVID. So even the industry before and after COVID has changed vastly. And I got into it before COVID. So I'm sure it's even really different now in ways that I don't even know. But um, I took every kind of class I could online and I was working a regular, you know, nine to five job to make money for all those classes, to make money for a demo reel. It was all like there's so many stages that are just the, the prep stage of just getting to know your voice, getting to see, OK, what voices can I do? What can I manipulate with my voice? And so I started off. I didn't even start off doing voice acting. First, do voice over which is you're not affecting your voice. You're just doing your regular voice, which is um, obviously back then I had like just graduated from college. So my regular voice was like college girl. <laughs> so every commercial that I booked with that studio was the college girl voice talking about other colleges or makeup or something like that. And um, so that's what I started with. And then once you feel like, okay, I've got this pond, maybe I can move to a little bit bigger of a pond and basically start from scratch there do the whole same process of researching what can i find out online saving a lot of money because the bigger the pond the more expensive the things will be i think my first demo was probably like less than 200 bucks and the last one that i did was like 2500 bucks so you start with where you go and then you slowly work to better better stuff i don't think i moved and also i didn't want to just be green and move out to a city with no money so I saved up. I know I needed this certain amount in my savings account before I would move to another um, city. I would have a set job there that didn't have to do with voice acting so that it was had job security <laughs> um, so that I could also pay rent there. 
Um, so I was trying to be very, very wise about it. And I gave myself five years. I remember I told my brother, because I he held me accountable to it. I said, I'm going to try this for five years. If I don't make any leeway in those five years, then I tried it, move on, go on to something else. Because there have been so many actors that, dude, they're trying like 30 years later and they're waiting for their big break. And it's like, I think you got it. Like if a door opens, go through it. If a door doesn't, find a door that is open, you know? Yeah, it's the, the tough part is, right? You hear stories like, I don't know why, I guess I probably heard it recently, but, but that, that stick out. Uh, like John Krasinski's, I think is one where I'm pretty sure I've heard him say in interviews, like he was just about done before the office. And I think his mom convinced him not to go ahead and quit. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have Jack Ryan. I just finished the second season of Jack Ryan. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. (laughs) I mean, Uh, there are some like, I guess, late bloomers, like didn't Meryl Streep start her career? Like in her thirties or something. And then, um, Harrison Ford started later too. Like there are, I I don't want to say what I did is the rule for everybody to do. I just knew I didn't want to risk having a certain ending. Sorry. If you hear a cat purring, my cat decided to join us and she's here. Nothing right now. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) uh, but I just knew that wasn't going to be my story. So I knew I didn't want to be trying this thing. I mean, if, you know, 10 years down the road, I still had this passion for it, then fine. I would do another job and then maybe do community theater. Maybe do still do commercials in my hometown, not in a very expensive town where I'm breaking my back just to make a living. Um, so I think like and even if doors open. So before a door actually opened to gigs, the door opened that my teacher would compliment me in class and say, hey, you're really making strides. You're really picking up this method. Um, and you're really like, I really felt that. In that this scene. was acting um, class, by the way, not college. This was, yes, this you still college when I was taking You classes. still invested in acting classes because even though voice acting is different than on screen, you're still acting. So she was taking, yeah. I remember like going to see you out in Dallas and like you were working your front desk job. And then you yep. like, literally I was chilling, um, at the apartment for like a few days and you were just like, okay, I got to go to this job. And then I have this ad- audition. And then I have like these three acting classes that I'm taking. So it was like, I don't know. She was just very driven. Yeah. And I remember you had like this, I'm sorry. I'm just like cracking all your secrets. You had a whiteboard <laughs> and you had like your goals. Like it was like, okay, yeah. this week I'm going to, I don't know, like go on, send out this many auditions and this week I'm going to do this. And it was like all very like, okay, you can cross off these like measurable goals. I feel like as a creative, you're still very driven and like achievement driven, which is a kind of rare for someone. I mean, I guess doing, doing what you do, maybe not. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I definitely am creative, but I'm definitely a type A personality where everything is, has to be written out. Um, and once I give myself like in this space, like me creative, this is my playground, then anything goes. But outside of that playground, I know I have all my, and then I have this appointment after this. I can't let that playground, um, distract me from the other things. Like I have to pay this bill by the end of the day today, you know, stuff like that. I do something similar with the podcast where every week on the whiteboard, I post, I I write up there, post one real old man. (laughs) 
And then when I post that reel, I check it off. Check it and off. And it's very satisfying. Done. Solid seven podcast to the moon. It's just a matter. It's just a matter of time. Um, so it's it's interesting to hear you talk about working on the techniques so much, right? Because I think, and and I was probably implying this with what I was saying about Mike Rowe, but I think a lot of people, which I didn't intend to, but I think a lot of people would assume it's like, oh, you, you got a good voice. You pursue this. You can do it. So like what's... Um, you know, I'm I'm not looking for you to sit here and voice a cartoon, but what what what's the stuff you have to start to learn that kind of empowers that, that kind of um, adds tools to the toolbox? Yeah, I definitely, my voice has grown so much. Now I'm doing voices that I never, I would like, oh, I'm not that kind of voice actor. I would never do that before. Um, like I said, I started off doing kind of that college age, um, typical girl voice. And then when I started doing voice acting, I was really, really shy. I was really scared about it. So naturally, I booked all the characters that were really shy and had like high, high pitch, kind of airy voices. So my first anime character, um, she talked exactly like that. And now I'm doing like seven-year-old little spunky boy running around with like who's just a ball of energy and or like military woman who will like crack some heads and then ask questions later. Um, so you kind of like the the pond analogy. You kind of like, okay, um, there is an audition for this character. I typically would not say that that's a voice in my wheelhouse, but let me play around with it and see if I come up with something. And then when you come up with something that you're not embarrassed to send away, then, okay, let me send it. If I book it, then I know I'm on the right path. Yeah. <laughs> and then in sessions you get to, okay, I okay, this voice is more comfortable now. I feel like I can pull this voice up without having to lif- listen to the reference of the audition that I did a million times over to get back into that voice. Okay, that voice is in my arsenal. That's basically how it goes for me. It's it's cool that it's it's so broad that I, you know, it, it's probably it's something I was aware of but really didn't think about until you were answering the question, right? And like, you're not pigeonholed into a particular type of role, right? Like if there was a live action Simpsons, the the woman who voices Bart wouldn't get cast as Bart, right? But then yeah. she voiced him, you know, this young boy forever. It's getting a little trickier these days. We got a lot of, you know, interesting cultural things going on where, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, you know, Hank Azaria was a big part of that show for a long time and has basically renounced all of his work for for different reasons. And so it's it's tricky, but it's cool that those options are there where it's like you, you you can think outside the box and be like, oh, yeah, that's something I can audition for, even though were it live action or stage, you, you'd be totally out of the running. And there are some jobs that I choose not to audition for. For example, like if it was a Russian accent, I'm not Russian, um, but I believe I can do pretty good like Russian accents. So I will audition. Don't laugh. Stop. I'm sorry. I was I'll not expecting you to just break out into the accent. Listen, if I know. If, great. If uh, if Florence can do it for a Marvel movie, you can do it. Yep. Yeah. So there's some like, I'll, I'll try. But for example, I won't try an audition for like a Chinese, Korean, Japanese, because at that point, I feel like it's turning into cultural appropriation and turning into a racist bastardization of their accent that I'm trying to do. And I won't try to do it. So there's some that I'm like, oh, I think I can do that. And it doesn't sound like a caricature. Um, others, there are plenty of other actors in that ethnicity that can audition. I don't need to do that. See, I, okay. We're not going to, we're not going to rabbit trail here too much, but like, if you've ever heard listeners, 
it's not safe for the little ears. I'm not necessarily saying I endorse this, but there's a great Robin Williams bit about the invention of golf. Oh, I've never heard that one. Okay. Well, you know, it's, you know, if you're, if you're the type with sensitive, sensitive ears, no, but you can't, you're not going to talk about the invention of golf and not bring up the Scottish. And so Mm -hmm. Robin Williams busts out into simultaneously somehow because he was him and he's one of a kind and once in a generation caricature and spot on Scottish. It's just, it's hard to explain until you watch it, but none of us would sit there and be like, Oh, well, Robin's appropriating the culture of the Scottish. So if you could do a spot on Asian accent, not as a character, why not? Yeah. I don't think I can. So I don't. Um, There have been times where I've tried and honestly I'll try and then I'll listen back to the audition and be like, Oh, that's too cringe. Nope, that is <laughs> that is getting into uh, um, what's the word? Offensive territory. I'm not gonna do that one. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that were okay then that are not okay now. You know, mm-hmm. and then of course it's it's a little bit different because like how far do you backtrack? You know, um, I'm gonna introduce a rabbit trail. I recently saw um, this comedian. Uh, Okay, now I'm blanking. Oh, Gabriel Iglesias. Do you guys yes. listen to him? Okay. So he did this whole bit. His most recent Netflix special was literally him. Very classic. It was a very classy, like, show, comedy. But he was almost like, hey, guys, there are some things that I've done in my past, in my past career, that, you know, that might come up and I might get like demand apologies for people might demand an apology. And he's like, here's my blanket statement. Things that were okay. Then were okay. Then would we do them now? No. But also he was kind of saying like, I'm not going to apologize for something that was 100% okay then. And then now things are different. So it was just the way that he did it was just so it was a very cool show. I will say that. Now he even brought up like um, I guess some people were threatening, like, I have this footage and it's really scandalous. And he was like, so let's talk about it. Let's bring it up. Yeah, I did this stuff. And then he did it in a hilarious way to be like, hey, now it's all out there for my lawyers and for, you know, I'm getting ahead of it. Um, but the way that he did it was really, really cool. So I've actually gotten some uh, some flack from people. I voiced a character in a show called Carol and Tuesday. Um, I voiced Carol, who is black in the in the show, and I'm Hispanic. Um, and I remember getting the audition for it. So I had to come out actually with a statement and a video that the studio then showed, um, like to show their support because I was getting flack from fans for voicing that character. And I remember when I got the audition, I actually had a thought process of, okay, um, I... Yes, I'm Hispanic. I am a minority, but I am white passing. I do have light colored skin. And this character is they she doesn't actually have. So she's Martian. They live on Mars, um, but she looks black. So technically, she's not African-American or anything because there's no America. Um, But people were mad that they didn't um, cast a black actress for this role. Meanwhile, I have. Um, family and I have relatives that aren't white passing that very much are in the Latinx community and look black and they're my cousins. They, you know, I just happen to be more lighter skin than them. So I was like, you know what? Me being the minority that I am, I don't feel like 
I'm showing a bad representation that people of my um, race don't look like Carol because they do. A lot of Puerto Ricans would look like that character. Um, so that's why I auditioned for it. And then I left it up to the studio. And I said, if the studio wants to cast a black actress, then they will cast a black actress. I'm not making the casting decisions. I'm just throwing my name in the pot. And then they did actually cast me for that character. And so that's how I reconciled it and felt okay with that, with that audition, even though a lot of people did not agree with the casting. So I'm going to put an asterisk on this comment and say that I speak only for myself in the Solid 7 podcast <laughs> since you work in an industry that cares and would disagree with such things. But to me, my take, Solid 7 podcast speaking here, Jeannie can disavow all of this. You're in an industry where the whole the whole gig is to portray something other than what you are. Um, like unless you're on Seinfeld when you're, you're just Jerry being Jerry um, – like that's that's just the gig. Like, hey, Keanu Reeves, not actually a skilled kung fu assassin. Just, <laughs> just not John Wick. Not he pulls it off. Not, not, but, but not really. So it's like, um, I think just, I think everybody needs to pick a lane. Like, if we're going to look at and celebrate Hamilton, we all did. Hamilton was genius. Now some people are are mad that Hamilton. Even, you know, they've taken issues beyond Hamilton, so you really can't win, which is the problem with appeasement mm-hmm. is, you know, it's hoping the alligator eats you last. But, like, I'm a history buff. I'm specifically an American history buff. I'm specifically a revolutionary American history buff. Um, I did not think anyone anywhere ever would be able to live up to the portrayal of George Washington on the John Adams miniseries. That dude killed it. I didn't think anybody should ever play George Washington ever again. Just fantastic. The dude that played Washington and the original cast of Hamilton embodied George Washington, knocked it out of the park, and his melanin had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. I get that for Lynn's purpose and for the purpose of the show and the statement it was trying to make, it did. But for me, just sitting watching it as somebody who... Like I, that's not going to, those issues aren't going to drive me one way or the other. I'm like, no, this dude just did Washington service. So I'm like, but if we're okay with that, then I'm pretty okay with you voicing the dark skinned Martian on a fictional planet. Just throwing it <laughs> I out mean, there. It just, I think it shows how much media is evolving. Cause way back when, even in my industry, all the Disney movies that I love, like, ask me, who's the name of the actress who was Snow White in the original Disney? That was, like, their biggest hit when it came out. I don't know her name. I don't, like, when I was a kid, I I still, a lot of those cartoons that I love still don't know the name of the voice actors. Uh-uh. Nowadays, you see a movie and you're like, oh, yeah, that's Tina Fey. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's Amy mm-hmm. Poehler. Like, it's it's so much, it's not just the movie, it's now the people in it are just as big as the movie itself. Yeah. And you can just Google it on your phone. Who is this person? I just, well, that, but I just had that thought the other day, like so much of the animated movies now hang around that like core cast with the big names Mm -hmm. in it. Like all the movies that, that we grew up on, like when you list the greats, right? Like Disney movies really, I mean, come at me, but really hit their stride with Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Mm -hmm. Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. That's why they're redoing them, because they're trying to recapture that, I think. Like, think about what a big deal it was just for Jonathan Taylor Thomas to voice Simba. Simba. Like, that wasn't a thing. It wasn't the big names (laughs) then, right? right? It It wasn't the big, like, for the singing, where... 
you know, like having Adina Menzel in Frozen. That wasn't what it what it was before. Also, I hate the song Let It Go, and I'm not crazy about Adina's voice. I'm sorry. I know she's probably never coming <laughs> on the pod now, and I'm willing to take that risk. Kayla, it's not for you. <laughs> it is not for it's, me. It's not for you, but anyway. Uh, yeah, 100%. I agree with you there. Yeah, which is such a change. Yeah. Which makes me worry that they sacrifice plot and story for, we got the big names, so we're good. Yeah, you telling me? They still I'm the voice they, actor. It's affecting my job. <laughs> they still, they still make people too, though. You know, like, oh, you, like you've got Moana, and of course, okay, The Rock is there, but the girl that voiced her was a complete unknown, right. And killed it, right? She did, know? and now she's very well known. killed it to the extent that I still don't know her her name. But <laughs> the movie was quite, quite good. She, yeah, and she did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Jeannie, also now you get cast and you. Something that you've not recently, but added to your toolbox or arsenal is the the Spanish accent lady voice. And now, so yeah, there, which is a good thing. I feel like there's such an there now is so much diversity in acting. They're now like, oh, we can actually cast somebody. If we have an actor in this ethnicity who can do this voice, rather than just trying to find anybody who can do it. So now it actually doesn't come up much where I can where I'm having to do accents that I'm like. Oh, that could, you know, be offensive. It's because most of my auditions are for a Hispanic girl around my age. Like, that's a lot of my auditions um, from my agent because, hey, we got one who can do it because she is it. (laughs) And that's mainly a lot of what I do. I've gotten really good (laughs) at being Hispanic on uh, on Finally, finally, after all these years. (laughs) I know. Congratulations. It's made my mother real proud. Yeah, you're channeling her, essentially. In the beginning yeah. you were. So yeah. what, what was the, what was the first thing? Like, obviously, uh, what, what was the first thing you got period that like somebody paid you to record your voice? Oh, it probably would have been. So when I was first starting, I was doing promo like for commercials. So I wanted to say it was like a commercial for a, a community college in the area of Orlando. I want to say something like that. So did you kind of freak? Oh yeah, I mean you freak out with yeah. every like next big step. Yeah. So so after that, what what was the next thing where you were like, holy crap? Um, I guess there is the holy crap in in every um location. Like there was that moment for Orlando. Then there was that moment when I um did my first commercial. I want to say it was like an AT and T commercial um in Texas. Um, and then when I came out here, when I first had like my first gig that I did which I want to say was like I want to say it was Blizzard it was like um like a triple a game and that was like a big like oh my gosh moment um but nowadays I I still it's not that I don't get those uh, moments I still do especially like some of these studios out here are like really nice I recorded it was like probably like two weeks ago in the room where Lady Gaga did her entire first album and that's where I was recording I was like Did you feel the magic? (laughs) Was it radiating from the walls? You'd be surprised. That wasn't magic. It it was like this. It was like this, like super. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did smell stuff. But um, (laughs) there is a smell. Um, But yeah, I still get those. um, Still get those moments. So you mentioned Blizzard, which is, uh, you know, for the non-nerds out there is gaming. Um, they're, they're, they're big. Well, they've got a couple of big properties. I would say world of Warcraft, probably their biggest, uh, but they've, they've had some other big gaming properties, but so do you see, you know, video games have become so big and so cinematic now, 
um, and really are held up to a standard, not on, on like movies at this point. So industry wise, as far as, you know, you're, you're looking for auditions, you're looking for work. Does that really just, do they just kind of blend, bleed together with everything else? Like it's just another voiceover gig. Is it, a, is it a different experience, a different process with the gaming industry? Oh, no, I'll always notice on the audition copy because it'll say sometimes it'll say for nondescript like pilot thing. And you're like, that could be a Disney thing. That's something I want to book. I really want to focus on my audition for that. Um, And then there are some that'll say like on the on the letterhead, it says 2K Games. I'm like, that's one that I got to like pay a lot of attention to. And you'll see in the descriptions, you know, for a fighter game, it'll be super easy She's this and this type, this age, her attacks are these and these, and then uh, a list of sample. For the video games that are cinematic, I mean, they have everything thought, thought out. So on your audition, you'll get the character's entire backstory, everything about every relationship they've ever, even ever had, even if the character in that relationship dynamic doesn't show up in the sample script. Um, they'll have concept art. They'll have sketches. I mean, it is so thought out, and you're like, okay, this is an important thing that I want to book. Um, you can tell a lot from the audition copy. So when you're doing stuff like that, like if you're doing a, a character in like an action game, are you having to make all the various, like do the Foley type stuff? Like, you know, if somebody gets, if somebody gets punched, they're going to make a noise. Are you making that noise? Yeah, absolutely. You don't make any of the actual like punching Right, noise, right. Yeah, yeah. But you do like the, those kind of like, noises or if you're of course like oh my gosh i just did a video game not out yet but my character dies because in video games your character can die and they can die in any kind of way so you just record all those different ways so i mean it was like 200 lines of this kind of death then this kind of death then this kind of death with a little bit of blood gurgle this kind of death with a little bit of harshness like it's just every kind so cheery love it now there's (laughs) i i have Again, I'm not looking for examples, uh, and I have no intention of taking the podcast anything other than PG. But <laughs> video games also get, you know, a little, we'll say, racy now. Yeah, so <laughs> have you had to voice stuff for that? And if so, is anything in the world more awkward? I once had to voice... and. It- I understood why the the scene needed to be in there. It's actually a really good movie. It's called Genocidal Organ. As you can tell, it's a very gory movie. It was an anime, very political. Um, So the sex scene wasn't about, like, having to be racy. It was just context of she used to be this, um, he's like a, what do they call Like a terrorist, a world terrorist, but she used to be his lover, Um, so they needed to have that for context. And then the entire movie is so much more than that. So that's why I still wanted to take the role, but the director did let me know, Hey, there are going to be a couple of scenes in this. I'm going to walk you through it. And at that point, so I'm, I'm married now. So I do things now that I didn't do back then when I did this. So, I mean, talk about awkward and that guy, uh, God, I hope nobody listens to this podcast. I had gone on a couple no one dates does. You're that. fine. Right. Okay. Okay. We're good. We're good. I had gone on a couple dates with that guy and then he dumped me and then we recorded that. And then we recorded that movie and he was the director. That's not awkward at all. No. <laughs> Dang. Um, Adam Sandler way back, back in the day when comedians would like release comedic albums. Again, I'm not endorsing them. I'm not saying anybody should listen to them. 
<laughs> but Adam Sandler had some of the funniest comedy albums you know, you'd ever hear in your entire life. And uh, not safe for the little ears. Again, not Silent Seven endorsed, but he'd do a bit where he would play audio. And the game was to guess if it was uh, people working out <laughs> or people doing other extracurricular activities. Or yeah. people was, working out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a humorous bit. That sounds To great. say the least. I will say I got to sit in on one of your recording sessions, actually several, because I insisted to go back because it was just so fascinating to me. And I remember you kept asking from the booth, like, are you okay? And I'm like, I am fine. I got to be a fly on the wall while you were recording this. Certain, were, I don't even remember. You were entourage. You were her entourage. That's literally what I am whenever I'm over there. That's, yeah, I feel like you should have had like a T-Mobile sidekick yeah. and you're like bringing her Starbucks. Okay. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I have selfies in the studio. It was great. But um. So I'm sitting there, the director's there, the audio engineer's there. And I just remember like being so fascinated because they would have you make like just the smallest noise. It was like a, and then he's like, no, 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 do it softer. (laughs) And then you'd be like, and then he'd be like, yeah, that was good. To me, it was the exact same, 100% the exact same sound. But he was like, okay, can you do it this way? Okay, can you do it this way? But yeah, I remember it was just, little detail and the audio engineers over there, like fingers on fire, just like clacking away. Like, okay, I got it. I got it. You know? And that that's when I realized I can't do this for a living. I would be like, I just did that. It's the same thing. Um, it so, actually yeah. takes a lot of patience. It really does. Yeah. A lot of downtime, a lot of, I, I call it scalpel work. Um, it's just, you, you can't go in with a big cleaver. It's like the tiniest little thing. And, and sometimes I don't hear it. Um, and so I have to ask them to clarify and then I'll be like, all right, I don't actually hear the difference, but let me try and change this little thing. They'll be like, that's it. And it's like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, and and you can, you can lie about this if you need to professionally and then you can, you can answer off air. But, uh, in a past lifetime when I was doing pro audio, so like think live music and I'm the guy behind the console in the front of the house, you're doing sound check. You've got all kinds of, you know, prima donnas on stage. Uh, let's be honest. It's the vocalists. It's very rarely the musicians themselves. It's never the bass player. And it's, there were many a time when someone would ask for more or less of something in their monitor mix. I would put my hand on the console and make no change at all. And then just kind of raise my eyebrows. Like, is that good? And I would get an enthusiastic Thumbs up. It's good. It's good. So are there times where, you know, you've got a director or somebody that's just being pedantic and you just give them the exact same thing you did just to see if they're just being obnoxious? Absolutely. All the time, probably every (laughs) week that happens. But I do actually still try to make it different because they can tell if you give them the exact same thing. Yeah. So even if it's the tiniest little, like, instead of, uh, it's, like even if it's the tiniest thing I saw. Cut, we got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to at least change it a little bit. Um, but yeah, that that is my that is my job. <laughs> there you go. So the back to the timeline, you know, you moved to Texas, you're still doing kind of like commercial voiceover stuff, just kind of bigger market stuff. Any any national ads that you're gonna like at what point do you kind of get some some bigger stuff there? Yeah, it was in Texas where yeah. I started doing um, national ads. Like I said, I think that first commercial was like an AT&T thing. Um, so I did a couple there. And then in Texas, um, 
So I don't know if your viewers know, there is uh, Funimation, which was then bought out by Crunchyroll, which is the biggest distributor of anime, um, which isn't, it isn't um, original animation. It's animation from Japan. And we're just doing, one of my directors would say, we're just the Spanish Simpsons. That's all it is. <laughs> most people don't watch Simpsons in Spanish because it's meant for an English audience. So most people watch it in English. But if you happen to only speak Spanish and want to watch this random show, you can. That's what I did. Um, so anime is meant for Japanese people. If you happen to be American and want to watch a show, and on top of that, you want to watch it without subtitles, then you can choose to watch it in English. It's an option on a disc menu. Um, I aged myself there. Just <laughs> even made it menu. Wow, Jeannie. Uh, I'll say that I watched Carolyn Tuesday. Well, yeah, it was. That I was watched a Netflix it, one. But was yeah. it? It was originally in Japanese. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I watched it dubbed in English for you, just so oh, you know. Thank yeah. You. Yeah, that was for you. Now listen. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm about to turn 42. I'm the whitest person either of you will ever meet in your life. My 23 and me came back like 99.7% European. I was a little (laughs) disappointed. Um, This isn't a political statement. This is factual, but not unlike Elizabeth Warren, there was family lore that like my dad's great grandma was full blooded American Indian. That was not true. Seems to be untrue. (laughs) Seems the, uh, the DNA indicates otherwise. Um, though I never claimed it for any scholarships or job applications. So, so I, guess, that. I guess you're in the It clear. was just a fun family story. It's just like, yeah. Um, but uh, listen, anime, it's not meant for me. Not the target market. Yeah. I've never, the closest I've ever gotten to being able to appreciate it, and this is probably sacrilege to actual anime fans, is in my youth, I was kind of into the cartoon, not the game, Yu-Gi-Oh! for a little while. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I yeah, I would say sacrilege, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it really counts. <laughs> yeah. Well that's like all the all the Americans down here are like, yeah, Pokemon. Does it count? Depends on who you ask. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a it's a whole thing. It's a whole uh is it cor- is it correct uses of vibe to say that it's it's its own Genre? Vibe scene. Genre. It's a genre. We're going all the way back it's to. A, a very niche um, market. But within that market, it's like a big thing. Yeah. Massive, massive fan base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like those are the the fans that really like a good con. They really like to attend a nice con and, and dress up. Cons are yeah. fun. Why are you sure. looking at me when you say that? I love You're cons. just literally <laughs> sitting across from me. I would have to awkwardly look away to not be looking at you. I don't know. It was just like intent, like cons. Con. Yeah. No, the judgment was, it was subtle, but it was intentional. It was there. Um, but so was, uh, was the anime stuff, was that kind of your first non-commercial stuff where it's more? Yeah. Yeah. So um, anime, and then there are, there are some video game studios there in Texas, but Anime is definitely the biggest uh, non-commercial thing in town. Um, So that became my big thing. And then when I moved out here, it's a lot of video game stuff. So that's been my big thing here in L.A. I think it's just regional. You know, a lot of that um, anime comes out from because they are the biggest distributor in the United States. And that's all recorded in Dallas. And then out here, all the big um, 
game studios. Not all of them, but a lot of them are out here. So that's recorded here. So what's um like are there things that you're you're known for in either industry? Is there something where it's like if somebody met you, you're this character to them? Um, yeah, it depends. So I, I go to conventions and I'm a guest at them. So normally people want your like your your quick list. What can people know you from? Um so for anime, I'd say Dragon Ball is probably one of the biggest titles out there i've so heard of it so I'm, it has to be huge yeah <laughs> yeah yep um so i'm uh android 21 and also i was pan in the newest movie that actually released like in theaters like all around the u.s um so i got to do that those english voices and then with video games also for that there's a sub genres of those because there are jrpgs which are games that were originally um, in Korean or Chinese or Japanese, and then were brought over here. Um, so if you liked that, you know, Fire Emblem, I'm Byleth, who is the main character in that. Um, and then there are also video games that were designed here. And the original language of the video game is English. Um, so for those, I have, you know, um, World of Warcraft, you were mentioning, I'm in the newest um, World of Warcraft, or no, 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 sorry. I keep on mixing up these things. I am in World of Warcraft 2. But last week I was recording for Diablo. Okay. So so Diablo, so those are games where they're originally in English. There is no yeah. translation stuff. Um, not a lot of people ask me for the latest commercials I, w- <laughs> I was in. People are like, okay, it's just your voice, you know. Um, <laughs> do you still do commercials? I should know this. Uh, the last one I did was... Probably like two weeks ago. They're few and far between commercials. Um, I'm not really, that's not really my been my thing since I moved out here. I'll still audition for them. Um, and if I get it, it's like, okay, great. This was like a, what was it? It was a, like a, oh, this is kind of sad. It was for a cancer commercial. And it was, it was medicine that can help you um, relieve some of the pain during chemo. And it was my mother in the commercial who was taking it. And I was her daughter who was still able to enjoy life with her, even while she's going through care chemo, um, commercials like that. Um, but it's always my regular voice for those. Um, I just have, I used to do audio books. Don't do that anymore. (laughs) That song. (laughs) Say it again, Jeannie. Uh, no, 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 I used to, I used to do audiobooks too. I was going to, I was going to ask that because that's a whole thing too. I was, so I've been on a kick talking about Jack Carr on the podcast, which if you've never heard of Jack Carr, you've probably heard of Terminal List because it's been massive. So that was Chris Pratt's new show on Amazon Prime. So Jack Carr is a former Navy SEAL and he's the author that wrote the Terminal List. It's a whole series of books. He's got five out now. Um, but so, uh, Chris Pratt optioned the book made it into the show a big, big deal. But so listening to Jack on a podcast, it was funny when he was looking to do the audio book, the guy that he found, like, of course he didn't know that industry at all, but learned through the process that these narrators for these audio books, like they have followings of their own. Like there are people who will just listen to a book because it's them, whether they would have been interested in the content or not. Which on one hand is kind of crazy to me, but then also whoever the dude is that narrated the NIV translation on the Uversion app, I would listen to that voice read stereo instructions for eight hours a day. 
I'll have to listen to it now. Oh my gosh. I, I don't It's uh, fantastic. To the Bible. Now I feel like a bad Christian. Yeah. I just read it like they're not all oh. created equal. Yeah. The the and I the recording for the NIV translation is is superior. Is it like he sounds like an older gentleman? Yeah, okay. some sort of like British ish. Okay, like, I think I have not unlike Ted Lasso. Is it I still Morgan don't... Freeman? It's just no, Freeman. but he should though. He really should. Yeah. Which uh, listen, like there's some big openings in your industry now. Like James Earl Jones is calling it quits, so like somebody's gonna have to voice Darth oh Vader. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and like that, he's had that one on lock for a while. Like there's just yeah, nobody else is gonna do it, and now it's it's up for grabs. I'm yeah, just throwing that. I'm just trying to help. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm sure Jeannie would make a great Vader. Listen, don't. I'm I'm working my way to it. Don't doubt her. She I'm not. Her her pond is very big from, now. From <laughs> shy, airy college girl to Vader, that would be that'd be worth writing That's a book about. Evolution, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I used to do audiobooks, but it's just a technicality thing. Um, my butt hurts sitting that long, and I don't want to stand while reading chapters. And then I'm in this tiny. Most of those are recorded from home, um, and I can't be in a little room for that long. I mean, my session, so I'm uh, in SAG, and there are laws now that you can't have a session go over four hours. Um, so I'm off the hook for that. <laughs> wow. That's a new, mm-hmm. that's a relatively new rule. Because I think, right? I mean, uh, I think it's been around for a couple years. Um, yeah, especially with, um, well, it's different. So there are some roles where it's not vocally taxing, mm-hmm. and then there are like military kind of like vocally taxing stuff. Those most of the time they can't even do past two hours because the voice actor would lose their voice. Um, but yeah, it's always four hours. Some people get around it. Like if I've had long days where it was, well, this project was four hours, but then I also had this project for four hours right after it. So then it can get to be a long day. Um, you know, office workers everywhere right now are like, yeah, tell me more about sitting on your butt for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I know. I. I feel really, like, bad. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be complaining about my job at all. We all can complain about our jobs. But as we were saying earlier, it it takes a lot of patience, and it can be very mind-numbing where I, like, I kind of, my brain goes off into somewhere else. And then I'm like, oh, wait, uh, focus, focus, because it's just very mind-numbing stuff sometimes. It does put into relief somebody like uh, Micro where it's like that dude's cranking out content that is almost exclusively just his voice. I mean, you, you think about, I mean, who even knows how many side gigs, at least he's not repping Ford anymore. He does his, his own long form podcast, which is fantastic. And I push it on here all the time. The way I heard it is excellent. Um, he still does the deadliest catch. He does. I don't know. There's several discovery shows that he does. He's there's a version of dirty jobs is back. There's another show that is dirty jobs, but it's not, it's more like think about like, how it's made is done. So it's like, he's not in it, but it's still representing that work mm-hmm. and he's still yeah. narrating it. So I'm like, how, how do you have more hours in a day than the rest of us micro? He's, Cause he's micro. Sorry. This is about Jeannie, not micro, but <laughs> if you're going to talk voice work and voice acting, it's hard not to yeah. include Mike in the conversation. He's, he's the and I feel like it's totally different worlds because for him, most of those jobs are just his voice. Yes. Most of my jobs are, I mean, especially lately, it's like I'm doing a little boy. Like, that's not my regular voice. So I'm not going to be doing it for eight hours. <laughs> uh, how do you keep the voices straight in your head? The studio does that. 
uh, when they book you for a character or when you've done work in the past for a character, they always keep a reference file of you in that voice saying a couple lines. And to start off every session, they do like um, basically like a, a tech test where they will um, make sure they're hearing you fine, make sure you're hearing everything. And a lot of times if it's to picture, run some picture, make sure it works just fine. And then they'll play the reference pause it after a sentence you have to repeat back the line um so we say pete repeat they play the line then you repeat it back in the same voice and that gets you in the voice but it also makes sure that uh your levels like oh can you actually gain up a bit we need you a bit louder or oh you're too hot in the mic can you gain down so they're also fixing levels while you're getting into the voice interesting i wondered i i actually saw um nick kroll uh, who Nick's done a ton of voice work and he does a ton of live acting work yeah. in my head. Nick will forever be the douche, uh, from, uh, <laughs> crazy Ira and the douche from parks and rec, but mm-hmm. Nick's done a ton of work and he's got his own animated show that he leads. And he was in some interview recently and just stepping through all of the many voices that he does in the show. And it's like just watching somebody like that hop from one to the other, to the other. Like if you close yeah. your eyes, you'd swear different people, it's different people. Yeah. It's a talent. It really is. Yeah. And like, not everyone can do it. Kind of like what he's like, Charlie no. Booth. I can barely talk of myself. I don't even think I can do it. It takes me time to like get into the pocket for each one. Yeah. It's not like instant. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. With real. some people it is. I'm working towards it. Is it like a method thing? Do you find you need to play with like some matchbox cars, have a juice box <laughs> now? Okay. I'm prepared to voice a young boy. Uh, you punch a girl and run away. <laughs> like on the playground way, not we're not talking like uh, violence here, but uh, saying you really got to get are in touchstones. There, there yeah. are touchstones for everything. So if I'm doing like Hispanic without thinking about it, my hip will like pop out to the side and then I'll be like standing sideways a little bit. <laughs> um, for a little boy, I, I can't do it sitting down. It has to be standing up and I'll kind of get like this um, like physicality into it where I'm like, yeah, I'm a little boy. And I kind of talk out of the side of my mouth a little bit. Um, and then if it's an accent, like, like with the Russian one, I kind of have to lay it back in the mouth a little bit, like calm. Like I have to be, I, I can, I can be mad about stuff, but generally it's more towards the back of the throat. So like, there are like different, um, physicality things about it, but nothing too much because you can't, you know, I can't be punching the air with my microphone right in front of me. So like that. Is it like, how much do you find now setting aside uh, Latin culture? How much do you find that you emote while you're doing this? Like, could you do it sitting still? I mean, probably some of the stuff I hear from my husband that I emote way too much. I can never just tell him what happened. I'd be like, instead of just saying, you know, she said this and this, I'd be like, and then she was like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And then he was like, like, I always have to do a voice, make a face. He's like, just tell me, why do you need to react to the scene? And I'm like, I am telling you, this is how I tell things. I forget your husband met you recently. I'm like, you've literally always been like this. Like since we were kids, that's yeah. I mean, he thinks it's hilarious. He's like, I've never met somebody who does that. (laughs) Yeah. I forget how recent the husband thing is. Oh, speaking of, sorry, another side. Um, Jeannie just celebrated her one year anniversary. King, oh, super fresh. Yesterday. Like you're barely married. Yeah. yeah. I, haven't <laughs> her, I haven't had her for a while. One year is you're barely married. Yeah. But still technically mm-hmm. married. Well, congratulations. So. No, that's a big deal. Yeah. And kind of like you were, what you were saying earlier, how like 
you know, in the booth, you're sitting there and you forget because like you're texting or you're on your phone or you're just like, it's easy to zone out in session. I'm pretty sure you planned like 80% of your wedding while you were in In a recording booth. Because yeah, I remember I getting notes from you and like, you're like, I like this. And you're just texting. I was her maid of honor, by the way. One of them, she had two. Um, but yeah. And I'm like, aren't you working right now? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have a job. What are, what are you doing? You're like, oh yeah, I'm working, but we are, we're on a break. And yeah. So mm-hmm. multitasking as well. You can add that to the list of talents. It takes some time for the engineers to like finagle something. So if they have a good take, but there was like a noise sound and he's like, you know what? Give me a couple minutes. Let me see if I can get the noise sound out. If not, then we'll, like I said before, repeat, repeat, where you just redo that your performance. So they always try to save the actor's voice, especially if it was like a, a screaming thing. But that takes time. There's a, so much downtime where they're working out stuff. So I'm on my phone. <laughs> Don't say that. I shouldn't be. And in studio, I tend to not be, but thanks COVID, now a lot of my work is from home, and I just, I, I have And it was during COVID nice that you were planning right your wedding, too. I did, yeah. yeah. And, like, you, like, this went down, your wedding was out there? No, no, it was here. No, it was in oh, Florida. Oh, you did it here. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, so you but, were- So I was planning everything from states away. Yeah. But I was about to say, like, trying to plan a wedding- in California during COVID is a different task than trying to plan a wedding in Florida during COVID. Yeah. Luckily he's also <laughs> from Orlando. So they met yeah. out there, but he's from Orlando. She's from Orlando. They just oh, happened to meet over there. Good deal. Yeah. 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 We so, were brought together by Publix. <laughs> Our love of Publix. Wait, really? I mean, we would talk about it and I was like, <laughs> nobody gets the pub sub. And he's like, I get it. I know. Yeah. I mean, we like had a, on our first date, we were like talking up about Tijuana Flats because I was trying to describe the place. And he's like, do you mean Tijuana Flats? And I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot that you know about that place. I was, you'll appreciate this, Jeannie. I was just talking to a friend that was in town from Texas. They moved out there. They moved to Portland first and they moved to, to Texas here recently. And they've been out there, I don't know, year or two. I'm a guy, the details don't stick, you know. Um, but... uh so where they moved, they were, while they were house hunting, they were staying with some other friends of ours from this area that moved out there and just randomly right behind their house in this random town in Texas had just opened a Jeremiah's ice cream. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you're outside of central Florida, we've got some high quality exports from around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about boy bands. There's Tijuana Flats <laughs> is this fantastic. I don't know what... It's not Mexican. It's not Tex-Mex. Tijuana Flats is just Tijuana Flats. Yeah. I mean, Mexican fusion. Yeah. It's tacos and burritos and that kind of stuff, but it's fantastic. With a hot sauce bar. Their hot sauce bar is second to none. Mm -hmm. And it's been slowly growing throughout the Southeast and and spreading out to the rest of the country. But then we also have Jeremiah's Italian Ice, which is the best. They do them as gelatis with soft served. It's the best Italian ice you'll ever have in your life. You go to Italy, you're not going to have Italian ice. I don't even <laughs> know if they, have Jeremiah's. It might be one of those things where like spaghetti yeah. is not really Italian. I don't know if they even really do Italian ice there, but Jeremiah's is the best. <laughs> it's just ice. A lot of times you get it and it's like a snow cone. That's not what I'm looking for. Jeremiah's is almost like sherbet. Mm-hmm. And then they do it with soft serve. And this time of year, they do pumpkin pie. Shoot, you're right. Oh, yeah. And it's truly seasonal mm-hmm. because there's actually pumpkin in it. So right. they do it when they can get the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Oh, no. Yeah. Jeremiah's. Wherever you're at in the country, look know, around. Me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> See if there's a Jeremiah's listeners. And if there is, you go there. 
Jeremiah's you, ice cream, Italian yeah. ice, though, because yeah. there's a lot of places called Jeremiah's. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, you could end up someplace that this would change your oil for you. Alfredo's pizza versus no. pizza by Alfredo situation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little different. Uh, would you rather have a lot of mediocre pizza or a little bit of really good pizza? You know what's terrible, though? I can I still can't remember which one was the good one. No, I never can either. <laughs> so. But how often are like most of the time are you just solo in the studio in the booth? How often do you actually get to act opposite a live person? I mean, so COVID changed a lot. The last job I did that wasn't on because before COVID and there are some jobs that are getting back to doing this, but it still really isn't back to what it was. Um, If it was a ensemble piece. Um, so here I'm throwing a couple technical terms. So there is dubbing, which means it was originally in another language and you're doing it in English. No reason to have another person in the room. It's just, you have to have picture because you have to match the mouth flaps, which is the, the actual moving of the lips. So you have to match that. So that's one type of animation job. And then there's prelay. Prelay is you're laying down the voice before anything is animated. So you have free reign. You can muddy up the read. You can, if you added a line or something, they can change the script on the spot because it hasn't been animated yet. So I, last job that I did that was uh, ensemble was a prelay. And they like for that, they want the ensemble because they want you to interact with each other. They want to have that kind of uh, energy in the room. Um, so that was actually it came out this month. Uh, there's a game I'm in called Saints Row. Oh yeah. That first couple sessions, yeah. First couple sessions we had, and it's just the gang. So the whole g- video game, you're following this group of friends. So we recorded together. COVID hit, so the rest of our sessions were all done um, separately. But I mean, probably like 95, 98 percent of my stuff is just me, a director, and a sound engineer. That's it. And then a lot, actually a lot of times they'll have like a client on the, on the phone, um, to also kind of, uh, direct the director in the right way, make sure that they're getting the essence of the character that they need. If we need to change any lines, they have to get approval from their team of, yes, the character would say that we can change that line. Um, if anything's too clunky. Um, but yeah, most of my work is done alone. How do they how do they direct you with you working from home or like is it just a Zoom type situation? Or are you on a setup like we're doing right now, something like that? Or yeah, so right now, um, I could like pick up my computer and show you, but you said you don't really use a lot of the footage for no. this. Um, but okay, there is so you can see my this is my pop filter and my my microphone right here. Hi. <laughs> um, and then I have you on a computer in front of me with my preamp um next to it and then above you i have a separate ipad just for uh video so they would send me like um a zoom or a skype i join the video but don't join the audio so i just have picture and then i'll join through them um audio through my main computer and then i also have a backup file just audacity free software anybody can get and I am recording safety files. So I just hit record and just leave it recording through the entire session. And then afterwards, I upload that audio to them. Mm. And that's it. It's pretty simple, really. I, I have some between uh, our wonderful sound engineer here on the podcast, uh, Arthur Pipak, who is an audio genius in his own right. And my background in pro, pro audio, we do have some legit AV nerds 
who do listen. So for their sake uh, and my own, I'm curious still as an audio guy, what mic are you on and what do you use for a preamp? I also have uh, that yeah, question so- and I'm not on AV mode <laughs> at all. I want to know. So I am on a Sennheiser 416. It's a shotgun mic, so a long, um, skinny little mic. Sennheiser 416, and then my preamp is an Apollo Twin. Um, pretty, uh, I feel like it's pretty industry standard. The reason I bought these was because most of the studios I would go into, I was like, oh, I, I would like, when I first moved out to LA, I'd like go into the studio and be like, is the microphone write down the name right is there a number write down the number and then the preamp i'd look at it and okay write down the number write down the name um so that's what, that's a super fancy way of how i ordered yeah. it um but they do cost a, a pretty penny oh yeah no it's they're not giving them away that's for sure i'm surprised it's a, a shotgun mic i don't know what i'm i'm out of practice i've been out of audio for out of, it's i'm old enough for things to have been decades ago like plural um <laughs> I don't know what I, I would have used once upon a time, but I would have expected something more standard vocal, like in the podcast world, sure, SM7B is like, that's the go-to. That's the mic you see almost every podcaster on these days. And that's the one, they're bulky, they're black, they look like they're shaped kind of like the size of a can of soda. Um, audio nerd that I am is still being surrounded by guys who are current. We record on sure SM58s, which are the global standard for a vocal mic for forever. It's not the best sound you're going to get, but it's a, it's a reference sound. The SM58 for vocals and the SM57 from sure for instruments. And fun fact, I don't know if this still holds true, but for the longest time, even though it was intended as an instrument mic, instrument mic the president of the United States always spoke on SM57s. You couldn't tell what they were because they had the windscreens on them, mm. but they were 57s and not 58s. But a uh, little known fact, and if you're just like Joe Blow getting into a podcast and you have some money to burn, you wouldn't know this, but um, very, 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 very little internal difference between an SM58, which we're on right now, which run you about a hundred bucks, you spend 110, they'll even throw on a mic cable for you. Um, and the SM7B, which retails for right around 400 bucks. So mm-hmm. if you're out there looking to start a wow. podcast and you want to sound better than the average bear and not go broke, 58s are a great option. I'm over here like um, Yeti. No. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> they give their mics the coolest names. Yeah. For sure. And they're cute. They yeah. come in all kinds Blue of colors. Bluebirds and yeah. snowballs. and. I'm a terrible podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about audio anything. <laughs> uh, you don't I've have to. I've been thinking of getting, uh, so a lot of people talk, I don't know if it's pronounced Newman or Neumann. Yeah, Neumann. Um, that's like the typical, like when, Alex, if you see a picture of somebody with the microphone like hanging down right in front of them and they're talking to it, mm-hmm. that's like, it's like that type. Okay. So I've been thinking of getting that, but it's such a, I'm like, I'm not an engineer. I'm not going to be like, let me switch out my mic to grab a different sound. Like, no, everyone I work with, they want the raw audio yeah. file. They don't mm-hmm. want any kind of difference to the voice. And the shotgun really just picks up whatever's in front of it. It'll pick it up clear, whatever is raw. Um, so I tend to just stick with that. Does, um, uh, you know, does, does dynamic play any part in what you do? Like, are you working the mic at all? Like a singer would sometimes to pull away for effect or anything like that. Is that kind of something that you need to have in your toolbox or is really just, they want you on the mic owning it and they're going to do what they need to do with the audio. Yeah, normally, so in studio, I wouldn't move. I They'll pick it up and they'll, what, what we say, ride the game. So they'll ride it while I'm doing it. And if I'm, because there are a lot of lines where it starts off small and then it gets really, really big. Um, I don't worry about that. I'll stay where I am. From home, I have to. 
And I'm just, it's too many things going on. I kind of have to be an engineer at that point. And I can't be, I mean, you saw me before we started, I was trying to fix the gain. And I have to like duck down under here to get to my preamp because it's underneath my computer. So at that point, I'll just go really close to say something whisper. And then when I'm screaming, I'll move back. I remember during the session that I watched, um, you did something, I think you moved back and you, because it was a screaming scene for some, whatever we were uh, recording it. We, like I was a part of it. Um, But I remember the director was like, thank you for moving back. And you were, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of inexperienced ones, voice actors will just scream and they don't really realize, you know, that could. I'll I'll tilt away. I'll help them out. Yeah. Yeah, If there's a lot of um, plosives, so a lot of Mm -hmm. sound, uh, like normally I'd be facing towards the mic for that line. I'll just tilt my head a little to the right so that none of the air gets on the mic um, for those. Okay. So like little, little, little known things. That's cool. So we've talked a lot, a lot about what you've done. We've talked about doing some of the, uh, you know, the more Latin-y roles. And I feel like, and I'll be interested to hear your take on where you rate this, because from the outside, it would feel like you've buried the lead a little bit. But we've talked about a lot of your credits. But what we haven't talked about is you playing Principal Arroyo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was a big thing. That was my first, like, Disney Pixar, like, that that has been a goal all my life to do. Because, I mean, you grew up in Orlando. I mean, Disney is, like, the big kahuna. So, that but was also a big can, thing. Is it cool if you share, like, why specifically Principal Arroyo and then, like, why was that special <laughs> to you? Because not only was it your first Pixar yeah. role, but... Yeah. So, f- so yeah, for um, yeah, for the listeners, real quick, uh, Principal Arroyo was a role in the Pixar movie Soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opposite uh, Jamie Foxx in that one scene. Yeah. Let's read through some of the cast here, real quick, before you get into the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Um, top build: Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, Rachel House. Uh, other notables: Felicia Rashad, Donnell Rawlings. Questlove, uh, David Diggs, also of uh, Hamilton fame. Look mm-hmm, at that, a callback. Mm-hmm. That's how you host a podcast professionally. Are you taking notes over there as a co-host? Yeah, so yeah, 100%. It, that's yeah. a callback in the, in the biz. Uh, and then uh, some other people I don't recognize, Fortune uh, Feimster, and uh, then not much farther down the list, our uh, very own Jeannie Dorado yep. as Principal Arroyo. That's right. <laughs> at, the, at the very, very end. Yeah. There she is, our shining star. That is the only Mm. Disney movie that I will sit there and watch the credits and actually read the names. (laughs) It was was a great, like, so I have just one little scene in it, but I was very, very happy to do it. Um, It was just like a regular other audition, you know? It was like a teacher who's um, Puerto Rican and lives in New York. And I'm like, hey, I'm Puerto Rican. Both my parents were born in New York. Like I'm basically New Yorkian. Um, so I auditioned for it and yeah, it was because it wasn't that big of a role. I, I want to say I had a callback, but it wasn't like some of these jobs that I do, we'll have like three callbacks for it. Um, and then you still don't get it. And they're like, Oh, you were like in the top five. It was so close. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but did, yeah, that was really nice. Did you know it was for Disney Pixar when you auditioned for it? It probably had the Disney letterhead on it, but it it I don't think it said like it was for new project. That could be anything. Yeah. Um. 
So they, they didn't have any. I don't think they had any of the names attached. Um, but yeah, the cool thing. So Alex was saying that it was cool because the character originally in the audition wasn't named Principal Arroyo. It was like, I don't know, Rodriguez or something. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Some other, yeah, some other Hispanic last name. You know, some name. basic Spanish some basic name like Martin. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. And then when I booked it, they had changed character names always change, especially with prelay because they can. And they're like, oh, this name rated higher with fans. I don't know. Anyway, so they changed the name and it just so happens that Arroyo is my mother's maiden name. So technically, I'm Jeannie Diane Tirado Arroyo Rios. So there's an Arroyo in there. Writing, uh, so writing. That was really. R- oh, yeah. I'm married now. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yep. Who, can, who can keep track? You know, nowadays, it's only a year. It's only been a year. <laughs> it's just been a year. Give me, give us a grace. It's just been a year. Um, so that was, and I and I got to tell the director because it was just me again, me and the director and sound engineer and stuff. Um, and he read opposite me for the when we were recording. He's like, I'll just go into the booth with you and we'll read opposite each other because Jamie Fox wasn't. He was coming into the studio like later that day, but he wasn't there to read against me. Um, so I got to tell him like. This is really special also because that's my mom's maiden last name. So I have a little piece of her. He's like, that is so cool. I'm sure she was yeah. like super proud. Did the did the process, because it's Disney, because it's this big behemoth, did it differ significantly yes. from, from other things? Yeah, they knew what they were. They knew what a big honor it was for everybody to be. So this doesn't happen normally. I think this is the only job where this is uh, probably like one of two jobs that has happened. They give you a merch bag when you go like we know it's very special that you're here so I got I still have it I have like a special like it was all like soul or Pixar so I have like a Pixar tote bag I have soul um I have a Pixar like with the little lamp a hat of that I got um a water bottle not a water bottle it's like a reusable like metal what are those called a flask thing no oh yeah <laughs> I don't know why I got so excited yeah, for that. No, trying to get like people a, lit. A coffee mug thing <laughs> yeah. Of soul, like a they tumbler. gave me a bunch of merch. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they knew, like, it's special for everybody to be a part of this. Um, and actually, it was it was different. So normally, I would have gone to the the animation studios to record there, but it just so happened we were recording during D twenty three, which is like a special. How would, how would you say it's like a it's an like a annual Disney con festival? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, like they're because- so again, we do a lot of tech and nerd stuff. So it's like WWDC for Apple. Like it's their big announcement mm-hmm. and upcoming projects and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So all the people working on the project were in Anaheim at Disneyland to announce that Soul is being made. So my session was actually in like a different like studio that they rented out that they were working out of for a couple of like I think like two or three weeks in Anaheim. So I didn't get to work on the Disney lot for that. Um because of D23, but I've gotten to work with Disney with other stuff, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, did you get to go to the premiere? No. That movie's way too big, and I did, like, <laughs> one scene. No. But, I mean, no. listen, like, there's there's unnamed, uncredited characters. That's not you. Yeah, she is named and credited. Though we do need to talk about how IMDb knows who you're married to but doesn't have your picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, there are some, I like, you'd be surprised. John's name is on my Wikipedia page. And he's like, oh, I was like, babe, you're on Wikipedia. 
it's weird. Okay. He's, he's low key doing it. He's the one in there editing the Wikipedia <laughs> Honestly, entry. Yeah. It's like, I'm proud of this. People need to know. Well, yeah. not for anything. It's not like it's hard to find because Jeannie's wedding is also all over the internet. It was an event. Like their Instagram is still posting stuff about it. Not Instagram, but people. Oh. They were, they're still getting published like now, like of like photographers or whatever. I don't even know who's publishing these articles. So it's not like a quick, like no one has to deep dive to find out stuff like that. I mean, not stuff like that, but specifically that information, you know? I mean, it was at the Orlando Science Center. Yes, it was. Really cool. Yeah. (laughs) It was an event. And she also had, well, the ceremony was at. At that church. At, at our church. At Faith Assembly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And then... Um, we had Pastor Carl. He was... It was one of the last uh, weddings that he officiated. Did you guys do the, the chapel or one of the bigger? We oh, were in the, the whole chapel. auditorium. Can I say, though, I, I don't think I shared this with you. It's just the wedding weekend was crazy. Um, one of my favorite moments, though, happened of your whole wedding was a Pastor Carl moment. Because, I don't know, we grew oh. up... You know, we grew up very fundamentalist Christians. Halloween was not a thing. It was, but we were not. At least for me in my household, that was not a thing that we did. We don't we had celebrate fall festival. that. We had fall festival. Yes. We still do. It's <laughs> happening. Almonds will also be happening there. If you, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, tradition. That's a big job. If you're if you're in Central Florida, one. I mean, we've yet to even mention that this episode is dropping on on Halloween. Yes. Yeah. For you, Jeannie. So I should have had some creepy music queued up in the background, uh, but uh, you can add it in in post or just have Jeannie sing it. Yeah, we got we got professional creepy sounds (laughs) made for us. Um, Uh, But anyway, so um, I don't know. Growing up in that environment, again, Halloween, not a thing we celebrate at all. Just not. But part of your vows, and that's that's something that you love. Like Halloween is Jeannie's big holiday, and of course, John, being her husband recognizes that, loves that. I don't know if he was also a big Halloween person before he met you or you turned him into a big Halloween person or anyway. Our first couple of days we're watching horror movies together. So that was like one of the things. So in their vows that they wrote to each other was this moment where John said something along the lines of like, I promise to go all out for Halloween, like just really whatever. And the look on pastor's face when he said that was probably my favorite moment of the entire like I don't know I just like I saw it and I it took a lot of, for me to keep a straight face because it was it was hysterical so hysterical. I don't I don't know if this will this will make it to him we'll see we'll see but uh so for for the listeners uh this guy we keep referencing Pastor Carl he was the senior pastor of our church for ever mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. uh up until until just recently here and, uh, and a, a, you know, a pretty old school country dude, but just just awesome, awesome guy, right? But, you know, kind of old school. And so, uh, you know, my my first job on staff at the church, there was an opening for a receptionist, mm-hmm. for a secretary. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll take it. It was, then you know, it's where I wanted to work. I'm like, whatever, I, I don't care. It's a foot in the door. Um, but once I had that role... Um, he wasn't particularly comfortable with, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the story. I'll say this. I liked occasionally throughout the years saying and doing things to make him just a little uncomfortable. And so I greatly appreciate that story because it was one of my fun hobbies over, over the years. So, so pastor, if you hear this, I love you. It was, it was all in, in jest. None of it was mean spirited, but uh, 
yeah, it was it was always fun. To... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm all like tatted up, so I'm like wearing a wedding dress, but with all my tattoos. Right, okay, but... right, but I think that's less less. I don't know. I probably that surprised him less than the than the Halloween the comments, Halloween which comments. was yeah, still my favorite my favorite thing. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to I'm, I'm look I'm looking for references here. So I mean, are you like an like an April Ludgate Halloween fan, or are you more like a uh, a Martha Stewart, I'm going to decorate for Halloween fan. Yes. My house is fully decorated <laughs> inside and outside. Um, we're throwing our Halloween party on Sunday. Uh, if you guys want to come, you're invited. Yeah, yeah bet. I'll, I'll check in flights. <laughs> we're even doing like for our friends, we're having a Halloween trivia time where it's like, um, like I'm, I'm in charge of the music section. So I'll play like some music and like you only get the first couple seconds of it and then name the artist and the singer and they're all like i mean thriller is like an obvious one i'm gonna try and have some more like um like play the beginning of the grim getting grim grinning ghosts from disney's haunted mansion and then like pause it before they get to the chorus hey, you stuff play like that spooky, scary skeletons you have to <laughs> i was thinking of doing have you heard werewolf bar mitzvah <laughs> you have you that song? I have not. It sounds more Listen, like a, a. Okay, you look it up on YouTube. It's from Thirty Rock, that show. Okay, okay. Um, okay. they try to do like a Halloween song, so it's werewolf bar mitzvah. So when a boy turns thirteen, he turns into a werewolf. It's fantastic. Mm. Really funny. Is it Halloween that Brooklyn Nine Nine does their heist episodes for? We rewatch them every year. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's some of the best television <laughs> ever made. Yeah, those episodes are glorious. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine is something special. So, with uh, I want to backtrack a little bit because I feel like you're in a Pixar movie. Like you're in a Pixar movie. That's kind of trippy. So, is it like now that you're you're in? Like you've done it. Like obviously, you know, like whatever. It was a few lines. It wasn't major. You didn't get to go to the red carpet. Okay, we're not focused on that part. But is it the kind of thing where it's like you're kind of on their radar? Like, is it more likely for you to do more work with them now? Yes, there. Yeah, there are. Um, so in Texas, the I'd say one of the biggest differences between Texas and California, California is a much bigger market. So whereas Texas, the director of the show would mainly do the casting as well. They have a specific casting director. They have a specific person just for script supervising. They have a specific person um, just for directing this episode. And they might not be the show's director. Um, so there's a lot more roles involved because there's a lot more things going on. So the casting director for and there will be several casting directors for Disney. They have so many things going on. But once you get your name in front of that person, chances are they'll ask you back to audition. So I've been um, requested for certain auditions, which is all, I mean, that's always such a great feeling when you see on the email, like you were actually a request for this. Um, so, so don't um, mess it up. Right. It's, it's a little more pressure, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you get on their radar. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't done like a movie since, but I've been able to work on other Disney projects. That's cool. It's normally like the layman wouldn't know who the casting director for any given thing is. But thanks to the Office Ladies podcast, I know that Allison Jones was their casting director. Mm-hmm. And, but they bring that up all the time where it's like she just had this, you know, whether it was mental or otherwise, I'm sure it wasn't physical. But this this Rolodex of people where when something comes up, like she already knew that she already had people in her head. It's like whether or not it's there's an open audition. These people need to come read for this. 
You would listen to the Office Ladies podcast. I freaking love the Office Ladies <laughs> podcast. I, I listen to it too. Am I am I bitter that they started after me and are much bigger? No, not not at all. <laughs> not They're all of their success is clearly well deserved. Maybe they started before me. I don't remember. They had legwork. If you had a show before this podcast, then I'm sure you would have just as much of a following. But they had some of the legwork done for them. Yeah, I think a little bit. It's cheating, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, open invite, Angela, and uh, you guys just uh, obviously come on the podcast anytime. They're actually on my booking spreadsheet. They're in the they're in the wish list column. I oh, absolutely okay. have them on the podcast. Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. So if you run into them out there because they live by you, I mm-hmm. still keep an eye out. Like everywhere I go, of like, will I see somebody I know? Well, any any so no no celebrities. I, I will never say though. Jeannie, we saw one. We saw one um, when, okay, this is backtracking to my, my first episode on the pod where I divulged all the Wuhan um, tea of me living out there. But when I came back from Wuhan, uh, Jeannie was, I got to hang out with her because, you know, we quarantined in California and we just so happened to be super close to where she was. So she actually came and picked me up from, so my uncle picked me up from quarantine she picked me up from my uncle's house, something of that nature. And then we just spent like the week together hanging out as if I hadn't been quarantined in a military base for two weeks. So she took me to- And this was before America shut down. So we went right. to like a theme park. Like everything was like normal. We went to Universal and um, we did the like the whole lot experience, lot tour. She was like, this is my hometown. And you were like showing me around. It was great. We got pedicures. But anyway, uh, a celebrity walked into Universal. I don't remember. If, I don't know if you remember this. Um, but I saw him and I recognized him and it was the guy, it was Rufus Sewell, Sewell from, uh, A Knight's Tale. And but didn't I say that you somebody else? yelled, Jeannie, you said, Joaquin Phoenix. And he turned around and it was not. And I was like, how do you live here? Like, how do you live here (laughs) being that way? I turned around. I was like done. And it wasn't, it was definitely the other guy. You know, the way I see it, it's a good way to keep him humble. He laughed. He He looked at you and laughed. (laughs) So that was great. Which, so, yeah. So for someone who lives in Hollywood, that still cracks me up. The fact that you still freak out and you see, like, people that, you know, that are famous. They talk on their show all the time about, like, they they just pop into Target. And I feel like they shouldn't be able to just pop into Target. Like, not that I don't think they shouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> I'm like, how do you two get anything done out in public? Yeah. Like, the office is bigger now yeah. than it was when it was on the air. Yeah, that's true because people just watch it yeah. on a constant loop. Yes, it's. Uh, I've got it playing in the background right mm-hmm. now of the mm-hmm. podcast just, just for comfort. So well, I, I just... think so there are different areas of town, like – I've, I have seen a couple celebrities, but if you're in like Studio City, where a lot of them have a home because it's not Beverly Hills or something, but it's a regular part of town that is also kind of affluent. Um, so if you go to those places, you'll probably run into them. Um, but yeah, in those areas, though, you know you're in that neighborhood and it's a thing that you're not going to bother them because they're people just like you, stuff like that. That's always my thing. I, because this is the micro podcast, I was actually, I had a layover in Atlanta because every layover is in Atlanta mm-hmm, at one mm-hmm. point. And I'm, I'm walking through and here comes micro just no strolling through, headed to his gate and didn't say a darn thing. Cause I'm like, I have nothing to say. Yeah. He hasn't already heard before. Yeah. 
and dude's just trying to get to his gate. So I think I might have done. Did like, you creepily you guys, stalk him with your phone? No, though? I did. You know, guys, we have the head thing. We do the the what's up. <laughs> so I probably either yeah. did that or being that it was Mike Rowe, sometimes as a sign of respect. See, if it's like your homie, if it's like so if you're on even ground, uh-huh. you go up right, with it. It's right. just a little I've up. heard this. I've heard but, this. But if you want to show a little respect, you want to show a little deference, it's more like cowboy hat tip. It's more a little head nod down. <laughs> That's when you're like respecting your elders. So being that it was micro, I'm not certain, but I probably did a. Yeah. A yeah. This is like, I know who you are and I'm going to be yeah. cool about this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that said, we did get another call back here. My wife and I were at Jazz Fest, New Orleans uh, one year. We were, we were leaving. They hold it as a, at a big horse race track there in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were leaving and we're walking out and it's like neighborhood all around this horse track. Like you walk out the gates and you're standing like in the street in front of somebody's yard. And in like this first driveway there is, um, oh, hang on. I don't want to screw it up because that's the point of the whole story. Um, not walking there is, this is why I've left IMDb <laughs> open for this uh, whole thing. Craig Robinson, who plays Daryl on The Office. Okay. Oh, is wow. just standing by himself in the driveway of some random house waiting for someone to pick him up. Like he's just been at jazz fest he's and he waiting ha- for his Uber. He can't have been there long. This is when the office was popping. Right. This was probably 2008. Okay. Um, ish. And so like I recognized him right away, but he wasn't mobbed. So people didn't get it. So that one we're like, we got, I mean, we got to go say hi. It's my wife and I, uh-huh. and just before, we get there. A group of four, five, six college-age girls, all of whom talked like they, they were the airy voice that you provided us with earlier. That was her. <laughs> they ran up doing the whole, oh, my God, it's Daryl right. thing. Right. They're mobbing around him. They're not asking. They're not saying hi. There's no, can we take a picture? No, we appreciate your work. It was yeah. just... Daryl, and I just hear him low key. It was really kind of a sad moment. Like they didn't hear him. They're standing right there and it just was about them and not him. Mm-hmm. And I hear him go, that's not my name. Mm. Like they had no idea that he was Craig. Right. 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 Um, and so they got done and I just kind of chuckled and shook my head and he, he rolled his eyes. I'm like, Hey man, of course we love the office, you know, cool to whatever, you know, I just tried to be like a normal human yeah, being. I'm like, yeah. would you mind, you know, would you mind if we got a picture? So I've got a picture of us with him. That's Maybe cool. I'll be a good podcast host and put it in our stories Yeah, uh, this absolutely. week. Maybe I'll throw that picture out there. For the Patreon supporters. And I'll tag him and he'll see it and he'll come on the podcast. He'll introduce me to the office hey. ladies. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom. Um, come on, but Craig, so all that you. to say, like. Again, there's, uh, you know, you've done a fair amount of video game and anime work. It's a definite, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's a genre. It's a scene. It's a, there's a, a definite type of fan for these things. So I would imagine you going to cons and those sorts of things that you've had some, I would imagine, interesting fan interactions so, I mean, I've had some, and there are some people that are just super, super nice and super honest and, and earnest in saying, like, thank you. I love this character. This character helped me get through some stuff. A lot of people come up t- to you, and, and they're just bold. They're like, I don't know your work. What have you done? Name everything you've done. <laughs> what do I know I don't you know that from? one. What's yes. another one? <laughs> what do I know you from? And I'm like, okay, how about you tell me everything you've ever watched? And then I'll tell you if I'm in it. <laughs> Like, 
for that. You'll get both. So it actually is very humbling. <laughs> yeah. Just have a QR code. Like, here's IMDb. Scan this. Let me know. <laughs> In the meantime. <laughs> yeah. That's such yeah, a Yeah, I'm like, this, this, this is why the internet was yeah. created. It's a resource. You can just Google me. But that sounds so bad when you're like, yeah. Google me. Like, I don't want to say that, but Google me. It's probably no more obnoxious than them literally just going, hey, real quick, justify if you're worth my time. Yeah. Yeah. That is the attitude. And that face too, like the the squint, the should Mm -hmm. should I know you? Yeah. That's not insulting. The way I, the way I kind of not get so cut up about it is they did, none of the conventions are free. These people purchased a ticket. So I'm kind of on their dime, if that makes sense. Like, they're not coming up to me in regular life and being like, entertain me. What do you have for me? It's like, you bought a ticket for this, so you're wanting to have stuff to entertain you or you're wanting, like, truly conventions are a fan experience. They're not for us. And I am there as a resource, as a, to sign something for, like, posterity for them or something. Like, it's always for the guest. For the, the fan. It didn't dawn on me sooner. You probably have like action figures and stuff of yourself, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some figures I've got. It was so sweet. Uh, a studio that I worked with, they were like, because it's um, a, like a Barbie doll kind of show. Um, so they're like, do you want the doll of your character? And I was like, of course I do. So I have like some boxes sitting out here of just some characters that I've voiced. Yeah. So <laughs> That's a cool flex. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're not displayed on your husband's uh, board game shelf. Oh, yeah. He gets the board game shelf. I don't have a shelf for all my figures. What, are the, what no. are the little Yet. not a bobblehead bobblehead things that everybody oh, the, loves now? the pop vinyl pops or something like that? Uh, the the Funko oh, Pops? Yeah. yeah. I hate Funko Pops. No, That's I, become such a like um, a metric for some reason of like, are you big enough to have a, a Funko Pop? Like, it's the way I view like getting verified on anything it's like are you verified and it's like there are people that literally have like a thousand followers and are verified and then there are some celebrities that have like 108k followers and they can't get verified it's so random and with Funko Pops too like a lot of those things are sponsored by certain things so it's not a big title but the it got sponsored to get a Funko Pop of a character so that's with me I always get a question like do you have a Funko Pop and I'm like no, but that's not my metric. But you like, have a blue check. I was about to say, this is all so easy to say for someone who <laughs> has a blue check. But <laughs> ask me if I have a blue check on Twitter. I don't. They will well, not verify me. Listen, They're like, uh, no. Listen, just just give it a couple minutes because Twitter is about to be a brave new world. Mm. <laughs> Elon, literally, this is the kind of content we normally do here on the podcast when we when we don't have a, a special guest. I mean, all the guests are special. Um but uh, Elon strolled into the kitchen headquarters. Or, uh, well, <laughs> was he carrying like a, a toilet seat or he, something? He carried, he carried a sink. A the gag sink. was let it sink in. He right. walked into Twitter headquarters with a sink. He yeah. also <laughs> he also changed his bio on Twitter to head twit. That's fantastic. Oh I love him so much I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, we, oh we often gosh. talk Elon here. Yeah, oh. it's good. It's, it's, I, I actually, I'm really glad you explained that though, because I didn't understand. I yeah. thought it was something that I, I was like, why the sink? Why yeah. the kitchen sink? Like he bought the kitchen sink. I don't know. So I yeah. get it now. Let it sink in. 
he was so pleased with some, himself too. He walked in like yeah, no, he was he was so happy. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, nothing beats an Asperger's kid who thinks he's landed on a really funny joke. I mean, just just gotta give it to him. So. That's I. I bet like he had that plan though. The bio change, like he's had that plan since he thought, "What if I bought Twitter, and then I could change my bio too?" And then he just did it. I just love that he lives in a world where it's like, if like Jeannie, if you were in town, we'd all be like, hey, let's go do something fun this weekend. And that might consist of like hitting the local improv theater sack, or mm-hmm. we might hit a theme park. Elon's like, I, I don't know. I guess I'll like, I'll buy a social media empire. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I feel like he'll go buy yeah. NASA. Like he'd just oh, go. Well, to I thought America. he did it just so that he could like ban Grimes on it. <laughs> Wasn't she like her account was suspended? He doesn't seem like an ex hater. Uh, he's just trying to he's just trying to keep the population numbers up. It's an engineering <laughs> problem for him. Yeah, he's just trying yeah. to be the solution to a lot of different problems. Apparently, yeah. I could see him banning Jeff Bezos, and that would be funny. Like if be- Jeff Bezos can't post to Twitter, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be great. So, well, what's like what's what's on the whiteboard right now? What's what's the wish list? Disney again, but I think Disney will always yeah. be. Do you just so now that they since you've been out there and now that you kind of get uh you know called for some stuff out there, like in between stuff, did you do you just like sit and hum Ariel's arias? You're like, oh, sorry, that's just a thing I do sometimes. <laughs> I know I have so much free time because um, it really is a different kind of job where you you're not at a at a regular office job from nine to five. You know, you do like maybe two to three sessions a week for maybe two to four hours each and then you have i mean you'll get auditions every day um but even that like you just there is a lot of free time hence the halloween decorations Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm just looking for like when you're around the disney peeps are you like low-key trying to hint like you know i can sing no i never do any of that (laughs) it's so cringe i will never mention well i don't know if it's cringe or just me like it's so rammed into us from a young age being Christian of like, you need to be humble. You need to be humble. You need to be humble. So I'm like, I I mean, I, I guess like I kind of like a music degree, but like, that's whatever. Like you don't really <laughs> sing like, no. And then they'll ask me to like sing for something like, oh, you can sing. And I was like, I, I guess. I literally majored in singing, but yeah, I can. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Yeah, so I never will. If they ask me, can you do this? I'll say yes or no, but I won't be like, oh, I've done it like 86 times. Like, I'm not going to expound on it. <laughs> say yes uh-huh. or no. Well, just. And as an actor, I will always say yes to everything. Yes. So if I, I feel like the first time I was asked to do a little boy voice, they were like, can you? And I was like, or no, I, I know Pan, the character that just came out in the Dragon Ball movie. I got that because they're like, can you do a baby voice? Like a, like a, 10 month old and I was like yeah 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 totally <laughs> done it yeah I've never done a baby voice but I fooled them so we're good it was your confidence <laughs> they were like she can do a baby voice they hadn't heard it but they were like she, you have the part well yeah. you know because yeah. this is the episode of callbacks Angela Kinsey lied her way into an internship with Conan that's how you do it like that's part of how she got plugged in wow Make it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. just lie. Like she, I can't remember if she, it was the emails or the phone number. She figured out where calls were coming from when she was being told like she didn't get the internship. Mm. So she just called, she either just showed up and said she got a call from that number 
that she got the internship or it was something like that. Wow. But she just, not unlike Pam becoming the office manager, Angela just lied her way into yep. it. Yep. She was just like, this yeah. is it. This, yeah. is, this is how you yeah. do it. Which is a genius move, by the way, because who's going to tell you no? Yeah. Uh, no, they didn't. You know? When you get yeah. something like the movie roles, like like Soul or like Dragon Ball, like do you only get to see your little piece? Are you seeing the whole script? Are you signing crazy NDAs? Um, <laughs> you do sign all the crazy NDAs, and you still only see just your scene. <laughs> they're very, um, they're very, very uh, close to the chest, as they should be, because stuff has been leaked before. I mean, I did, so I wasn't even like technically well no i was technically in the movie the newest west side story that came out um i was in what you call a loop troop um which is a troop of people this was done before because that movie got pushed back because of covid so this was before covid um where you are the background voices for these characters and because i'm puerto rican and you know my family's from new york um so i was voices of the residents living like in the shark territory and it was a group of us and they said switch from spanish to english just speak as if you're you know picking up stuff for your mom or or like i'll be right back like just say random stuff and normally with that they'll show you footage because you have to see are we in a market scene are they like how many people are on screen like they'll show you the screen they were so close to the chest about it um steven spielberg didn't want anybody to see the movie until it was out so we had to do it they had to like literally tell us for this many seconds act like you're in this place and you have this much space and distance in between the person you're talking to um so we didn't even get to see what we were filming for for that for the record officially now all hashtags on post about this episode will include disney pixar and spielberg just so we're clear yeah no just so we're clear <laughs> trying to boost those views i feel like it's legit now but what awesome credits to have like even you know like you know whatever part they were like however big they were like to disney pixar spielberg those are big gets like a lot of people don't get that in any way shape or form even when they're the one out there grinding for 30 years i know i am extremely blessed and i know there are people out here that have been trying for it. And I, I mean, I have some friends that I know that are still trying to get into voice acting and have been trying for some time. And it really is like, Oh, what's the phrase? Uh, preparation meets opportunity. Um, that's like when like miracles happen or something. Like I know that I prepared and I worked hard. I didn't just coast and wait for something to happen. But then I also know that I got opportunities that I was really blessed to get that other people didn't, that I, I happened, it happened, that casting director happened to be in a good mood when they heard me. And so they cast me and whereas other people, maybe they had a bad burrito and then they walked into the audition. Um, so I know I'm really blessed. No, that's awesome. Any, uh, you know, with the background in music, with some of it in acting, like, do you, do you still look for, do you have an interest in doing any, you know, live action stuff or it's all voice now? It has become all voice. The only time I'll do stuff that is kind of bridging into territory of on camera is called motion capture. Um, and that's where they put you in the suit with all the dots and the everything. And you're in like basically really, really expensive technology of a, of a suit. And you go on a sound stage and you're, they, you do motions and then they track it for the game. Yeah. So when you move, the character moves in the game. Um, that's 
basically like on camera, to be honest. We yeah. always say it's a lot like theater work. It is yeah. theater in the round. Yeah. Well, um, hey, you other know, than that, it's just voiceover. Andy Circus made his name in motion cap, and now he's a big freaking <laughs> deal. Dude, he just popped Very up true. in, uh, I don't know if you guys are watching Andor. It's fantastic. It may be my... No spoilers! Okay. This isn't a big... Sp- <laughs> this doesn't tell you any, okay, like, anything, but hey, Andor, I'm pretty comfortable staying at this point, is my favorite Star Wars property of all time. Okay. Really? Okay. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good, but... The latest episode, the most recent episode, Andy Circus pops up. As, okay. Uh, as and not motion cap. It's it's him. It's him. And it's actually, man, that dude can act his butt off. He, he's yeah, so good. He's really good. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Now, I, I know I made some bold statements about who should and shouldn't play George Washington earlier, but no one should ever try to portray Gollum ever again. No. In any medium. I agree with that. Ever. Can't yeah. be done. I mean, it'll happen. When they remake all the movies, yeah. undoubtedly, in the future, sadly. Yeah. But you now, know. if somebody, yeah. you know, don't let this hold you back. If somebody offers to let you voice Gollum, you go for it. Don't be like, <laughs> I don't know. Kale said it'd be I'll a big mistake. Kale said it'd be a big mistake. Kale said no, so. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Normally, yeah. I'm a big stickler about, like, on-camera people, and they just have them be an animated stuff just because they're a big name. and uh, But there are some on-camera people. It's like. Okay, clearly your acting skills, acting is acting, and it will go across mediums because you're just a good actor. Um, so there are some on camera that are great voiceover as well. Um, I just recently listened to the audiobook for Anton Chekhov's short stories as read by Richard Armitage, another oh, Lord of the Rings he's reference. Great. Yeah. And his voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's hard to like, you know, not being in the industry, you know more names than me. But then there's somebody's like Robin Williams, where I don't know if we'll ever see another one. Yeah, where just every everything, every medium he touched, he was better than everybody at it. I still don't think to this day, even posthumously, I don't think he gets enough credit for his dramatic acting. I mean, just freaking the Fisher King, Dead Poet Society, give me a freaking break. Some of the best dramatic acting of all time. Yeah. Patch Adams walking that line in between. Same thing mm-hmm. with Good Morning mm-hmm. Vietnam. Yeah. Like he wasn't just a funny guy, but then like the voices and he could just go in and out of it. The stuff he did with Mork and Mindy. He didn't have a script for Mork and Mindy. They yeah. gave him an outline mm-hmm. because he's like the, uh, I'm going to blank, James, <laughs> R&B musician. Can't believe I'm blanking on it. Anyways, I mean, you just didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. So they just gave him an outline mm-hmm. and just, just nothing like it. Yeah. Such a freaking nature. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. There was an animated movie that he did. I want to say it was his character in Fern Gully, which even to this day, people haven't heard it. They have like hours of extra audio um, recordings of him just going like as the character. And he's like, I don't know if you'll use this, but I'm just going to riff and throw it out to you. Use it if you want it. And they have like, hours of him just being able to riff in that character just I mean, that's for what they did a, in a aladdin little kids movie. when he was the yeah. the character in aladdin which i'm sure would not fly at all today but um it was the same kind of deal it was hours of him just playing with random things trying to sell it as if he was a market hawker and they yeah. just used little bits of that for the beginning scene um but yeah same kind of thing just also mixed fries <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just i can't it believe broke. I can't believe they even tried live action on that one because animated live action or otherwise, nobody else can ever play the genie. You yeah. just, 
like kudos to Will Smith for trying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can't be done. No, like he is genie. Yeah, that's it. But I don't I don't know if in our current culture and everything, if if stuff like that would happen these days, you know? Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. And look at what we'd miss. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's the challenge to those things. Like it's you could you could find people of that nationality, of that heritage that more naturally have the accent that have whatever that couldn't play the role as well as he could. And you would artificially deprive yourself of that art. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's the perfect combination. It's just a yeah. whole there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's a difference between obviously the character in the beginning and then the genie. Yeah. The genie is a blue magical creature. Anybody can play a blue magical creature, I would argue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, there's For that. Now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> For now. So. Well, this is fun. Hopefully we've redeemed podcast for you well just i mean feel like super special because i like never do this it's just for studios so. i called in a favor yeah, as a temporary co-host I mean, yeah she's making, she's making the hard sell on the co-host thing here so hey. we'll see i do feel like i've got to up my game like you know disney's giving out totes and tumblers and stuff and i'm like hey here's a jacko go <laughs> so yeah, it's good though. You still have giveaways. I have to have, I have, some, to have hats made or some something. Some podcast hosts just give you a okay, thanks, bye. And that's that's yeah. what you get. Yeah, not here. I should start offering roasted nuts. Ooh. We'll talk okay. off there. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk you for get a, sure. A Jocko Go and a Kona roasted almonds. Yeah, I'll have to send you some, Jeannie. Thanks for coming oh, on. Oh, the dude, then it would just the podcast would just turn into you just snacking. It would turn into an ASMR podcast yeah. of eating <laughs> candy-coated almonds. I've had people suggest because I like a long-form podcast. Like, if we're done before two hours, I feel like I've wasted everyone's time. We're past the two-hour <laughs> mark, by the way. Uh, but I, I've heard some people say, like, why don't you do, like, just a side, like, some shorts, like, release, you know, a little whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe that's, you know, Solid 7 ASMR. It's just us eating notes and sipping Jocko Go. Just, <laughs> you know, just opening, opening different cans. <laughs> you hear the occasional can crack. Some, some nail taps. There. We could be onto something. It could work. I will say I'm 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 just now like getting into podcast world because I never used to listen to them. And my husband loves Armchair Expert, which then led uh, him also into loving. Oh, what's the? It's like a Kiwi show. It's a it's a New Zealander asking them about um, Padma and and what's his name about American things. Like I don't understand this American culture. We don't have that. Um, so I've been listening to like some more podcasts going into it. It's a, it's a gateway drug. So what happens is whatever hooks you in, I want to say for me, it was probably Tim Ferriss's podcast was the first one I really got into. But what happens is then you'll hear somebody else that really clicks for you that has a podcast. Uh So you'll check it out and you'll get into that one and you'll hear someone else. And it used to be like in any given week. I could listen to everything released by the podcast I was into. Now I don't even get close and it drives me nuts. Yeah. I've just got to prioritize and I I mean, just gigs and gigs and gigs and gigs of data sitting on my phone because I can't let them go. Cause I'm like, how am I going to remember that? I didn't listen to that one yet. Slacking kale. So yeah. What do you do? Cause normally when I think podcasts, like my husband, he listens to them during his commute cause he have a, he has a long commute to work. Do you just stay in your car and just keep driving just to listen to these? Or? Um, 
I, uh, I'm then. sure there's a scientific term for it. And I know that there's some people that say that actual multitasking is impossible. Um, well, I live it. And so it's not, so I can actually listen to a podcast and get stuff done. Now there's certain things, if they're a little heavier, a little more heady, and I really want to take away whatever that is, then I can't have distraction. Then I've, then I've got to listen to it. It used to be more drive time. I don't have as long a commute as I used to. This podcast takes up a lot of what would be my listening time. Cause I'll listen back through this multiple times, of course, before, uh, it actually releases, um, and so that's, it's, that's its own thing. And so, you know, I make time for the office ladies and, uh, you know, manly man that I am office, mm-hmm. office ladies. Office it ladies is. And, and micro. So, yeah, no. So the stuff that's in the mix for me, armchair experts, good Dax never really been my thing, but his podcast, like I, you know, game recognized game. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, he's, he's got some chops. Um, but, uh, Jocko's podcast, not for everybody, but man, it's fantastic. Joe Rogan. It, it's a, a lot like this. Like my show's not modeled on his, but Joe's all over the place. So you might have, uh, an MMA fighter and you're not going to care anything about that ep- episode and you might have a world-class scientist, uh, the next episode. And so there's regularly things for everybody on Rogan's podcast. And he's one of yeah. the best interviewers of our time. Um, I know people think he's a meathead. He's just a comedian. He's the UFC guy. You can't, you can't hide when you sit down and talk to somebody for three hours. You can't stick to bullet points. You can't keep up your facade. He, people let their defenses down around Joe. He puts them very much at ease. He's very inquisitive. He's very intelligent. He asks great questions and you just can't hide. And he's a phenomenal interviewer. Tim Ferriss is really, really good. Um, office ladies for fun, the, uh, fake doctors, real friends, uh, which is the guys from scrubs. There's mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. So a lot of different show rewatch podcasts. Uh, yeah. I wasn't, they started one for new girl and I'm not crazy about it. I haven't I think, even, I love new girl and I, I haven't had, it feels really like they were just kind of watching, it. hopping on the rewatch yeah. show bandwagon. Kind of. And I, 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 I got that vibe yeah. when I saw the ad on Instagram. I was and like, it wasn't mm. really doing it for me, but yeah. my micro is genuinely is very, very good. I would well. listen to micro. Like you said, I would, like, he could read at literally yeah. anything yeah. to me. Grab the manual for the TV, sit down, start reading micro. 100%. I will throw my money at you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I am just going to say my, my basic, uh, white girlness is going to come out, even though I'm not a white girl. Um, because you didn't mention any true crime. I love true crime. Oh, there's girl, you and your true, true crime. crime <laughs> oh, no, I there's, do. I love it. There is tons of great true crime out there. A lot of it has like jumped genre and ends up on, you know, Netflix or whatever else. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of that stuff is done. It's got a very specific vibe and feel and edits very much that, uh, you know, NPR type. And I just, the the way they mix their like, interview with the person with studio reads with their bumpers it just grates on me i just can't do it over oh. there's probably some out there that aren't doing it that way mm-hmm. the ones that have been huge yeah are that i haven't listened to a true crimes podcast but i will say Jeannie, you got me hooked on bailey sarian who literally sits there does her makeup does a you know how these YouTubers will sit there and do an hour worth of makeup, but she's doing her makeup and she's not explaining to you what product she's using. She was telling a true crime story while she does her makeup. And you don't know what kind of look she's going for. She could be full goth. She could be full glam. You don't know where it's going at the end of the day, but you're just intrigued by the story and you're watching it. And it is 
so fascinating. So, I will say it's very it, – so what the reason I like her, though, is because it is very different from those podcasts. Yeah. So my yeah. husband listens to a lot of he, – he's a podcast guy, so he listens to a lot. And one of the genres he does like is true crime, and it is just like that. They It's a lot of conjecture, and I'm like, do we actually know that that happened? And then when it does give details, it's like, and then at 9.42 p.m., this and this, and then it goes into a dramatic reading of, yeah. I couldn't – he couldn't do it. And I'm like, it's way too much. Mm-hmm. Bailey Sarian, it's just her. If she, she'll say stuff that's happened and then give her personal, like, I mean, personally, if I was with a husband and I walked in and she was with another man, I, you know, who knows what happened and he claims that he's innocent. We don't know. I know what I'm thinking. Like, she'll say personal, she makes it personal and, and like, and it, but it's just her giving facts and then saying, like, could have seen this and this happening but some people say that this and this happened and then this came up in court so i like it's kind of like juicy goss of like ooh, what like just like a friend telling you that's about- what it feels like a friend like you're sitting there doing your makeup with her and she's telling yeah. you like i heard this crazy story let me tell you about it like that is yeah that's what it feels like that's I what i need it. in a in a podcast or i guess whatever kind of entertainment like make it gossip yeah. i'm there yeah. I saw this meme the other day about teaching. Uh, and as a former teacher, I really appreciated it. It was like, make all teaching sound like gossip and you'll have all the kids hooked. Like, have you heard about parabolas? <laughs> like, it was something so stupid, but it made me laugh. And yeah. I do genuinely be- believe that more things should be taught to music. Oh, and yeah. I'll tell you why. Like, I was getting some junk done around the house today when I got home from work. And Jade and the kids weren't home yet. So I had my AirPods on. I was out of, I, I, just, I was podcasted out, so I wasn't playing. And so I just told Siri to play me some 90s country. And there were songs I probably haven't heard since the 90s mm-hmm. that I could sing along to word for word. I can't repeat anything from school in the 90s word for word. Pythagorean theorem, that's it. And that's mostly because it was pictured in the opening to where in the world is Carmen San Diego. <laughs> and if it wasn't yeah. there, I probably wouldn't remember it. Um. Sh- uh, Jeannie was in Carmen San Diego. Uh, sorry, aside tying back Mm-hmm. I specifically watched those episodes with my cousin Raven. Like I made her Aww. sit down and watch them. She's like, I haven't gotten because she's watching it sequentially, and I'm like, we're gonna skip to this episode because Jeannie's in it. <laughs> just watch, just watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the new version, obviously, because you would have been, I think, four when the one I was watching was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they've redone know, it. There I was an old version. Yeah, I know. I it's did the, the animated one. The computer PC Carmen San Diego game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to watch it. I think I don't remember. Did it come on PBS? I don't know. I, I remember the theme did. song. I'm not going to do it justice, but it was the <laughs> "Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego." I remember. I remember. Yeah, uh, I think it was on PBS because um, we didn't have cable. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> so I was able to watch it. So yeah. Uh, one of these episodes when you come on, it's just going to be, the theme is just going to be, what was your childhood? What did I miss out on as a <laughs> little evangelical girl growing up in, in America? In another- I mean, Alex and I probably have a lot of the same answers. Yeah, okay. In, in, a, in another callback though, is there any way that Charlie Puth wasn't homeschooled? Come on. <laughs> come on. That many instruments, that musical talent, that's a homeschooler for sure. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Was he? Is that a thing? I don't know, but I want to look it up because if it's <laughs> right, actual. if it's right, I will turn this into a reel. <laughs> so, 
Uh, well, uh, what, uh, what do you got coming up? Is there anything we should be watching for you, listening for you in? That you're allowed to disclose? Yes. Actually, actually, oh my gosh, this is coming out on Halloween, so I can say. Nice. Yes. So... Uh, right now it's Wednesday. You guys are the only people that I can say this to because this is not coming out until Monday, but on Friday, and I can't release it until it actually comes out, even though all the trailers are out and everybody hears it's my voice. Um, but Resident Evil, uh, the new DLC comes out and I do reprise my role as Ro- as Rose, who is the main character. The DLC is called Shadows of Rose. So I got to do motion capture for that. And it was a whole vocal thing. You can hear me die thousands of different ways. (laughs) That's one of those. Um, And that comes out on, it'll be out by now when this drops. Nice. So this will drop like 12 a.m. on the 31st. That's going to be okay? Oh, yeah. It comes out on uh, Friday. Okay. So we're good. Perfect. Dang, like you like yeah. we didn't focus on the video games as much, but you're in big properties. Mm-hmm. You had one yeah, mocap since I've moved to LA, video game video games has been the name of the game. Yeah, you had one mocap um project. I think it got scrapped, but they were flying you out every week to their property. Like and just like yeah. you were in a hotel for on their dime and just and you had a per diem. Like I remember that and I'm like, wow, Jeannie has the coolest job in the world. That was supposed to be like the gig and nothing can be the gig until it's out and you find out it is the gig because I thought this is going to be it. This is the big break. And then the project got scrapped. But for like a year of my life, I was being flown up there in a private, semi-private plane. um, And I had a rental car for the time that I was there and I was on a soundstage every day. Dang. And it got scrapped. It's crazy. Yeah. Like that just happened with the Batgirl movie though. It's crazy that these projects can have all this money put into them all this time, all, you know, all the man hours, all the effort. And then somebody just be like, nah, nah. put it on a, put it on a shelf. Mm-hmm. That's showbiz yeah. baby. But you never know what'll come That's back around. We, yeah. were, we were talking about this with Deadpool, like Ryan Reynolds <laughs> leaked the test footage himself. Like he was like, no, this needs to happen. And yeah. everybody lost their mind. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. I don't think we talked about that in our last episode. We just talked about how he brought Hugh Jackman back. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be great. Mm. I need to rewatch the other ones. Same. It's been a minute. I don't know if I've watched the second one yet. What? Yeah. Listen, squeezing in a movie when uh, true. you've got two. Uh, my son, as we're recording, he'll be five when you're listening to this, but my son turns five Aww. tomorrow. My daughter turned three not long ago. They're adorable and I love them, but they are not conducive to keeping up with the pop culture. Now, if you want to know about um, Octonauts, mm-hmm. Gabby Cats, <laughs> actually, it, listen, I, I do need you to do this for me, Jeannie. If you voice anything on Bluey, Octonauts, Gabby Cats, Doc McStuffins. I don't even know if all these shows are still being made or if we're just streaming them. Uh, but if you would be willing to call my children and talk to them in a character voice, uh, I will give you pretty much any amount of money that you, within reason or a case of Jocko Go, uh, whatever. But that's those, that's their jam. So When I was here um, last time, it was book character day at school. 
And they were characters from PJ Masks. Yes. And it was the cutest Aww. thing because they put on their little masks and they did yeah. like a show for me in the living room because they were supposed to be in bed. But they were like, there's a guest. We're going to take advantage. Cutest thing ever. Uh, not unlike Fall Festival. That day was uh, their fairy tale parade because we don't do Halloween. Right. Right. Yeah. Harvest, <laughs> Harvest Festival. Yes. So... Yeah. Was, it was a fairy tale. I actually, I got so funny because they're so different. So Resident Evil is a very, very gory horror game. Very gory. And I got into it. I got into um, Bluey because of Resident Evil. I happen to be one of the youngest people on the crew, on the like crew and in the cast and stuff. And so on the soundstage, all these like young adults, they were like, oh my gosh, we just saw the latest episode of Bluey. My kid's going crazy. Remember that episode with this and this? And everybody would talk about it. And they'd be like, you need to watch it. And I was like, but it's for kids. And they're like, no, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. <laughs> so I watched it and we would, from filming a gory horror game, we would just be talking all day about Bluey. And watching that show, I was like, I just really want to have a kid with a little British or a little Australian accent. It's never going to happen because I live in America. But if I could somehow have my kid to have an accent. I'm, well, A, my, my little, you know, middle-class white American children run around saying things like, for real life and all biscuits and ooze. Um, but also, like, I'm sure you've noticed based on your line of work, the the girls' voices, the the two children on the episode, it's Bluey and Bingo. Oh, their voices aren't credited. Nobody knows who those girls are to protect them. Wow. Mm. Yeah. The, ad- the, ad- so the, ad- the adult voices are credited, but the girls aren't. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was actually working on... I can't say what it is. I was working on a show and it's, I play the mother of a little kid, but there, the show is around all the little kids. And I got onto my session early. So I was, I signed on from home and they were still in the middle of the session before, which was one of the little kid voices. And I do not envy that director. I mean, it was, (laughs) which I'm imagining it must be like that for every kid's show of just like, all right, honey, face the microphone. The next line, because they couldn't even read the little kid. So the next line is blah, 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 blah. Can you say that for me? Fa- face the microphone. Face the microphone. Mommy's going to help you. It was, and she was so patient. I was like, I could never. Oh, like, dude, I can't. that goes into those shows. I can't get both my kids to look at the same camera at the same time for, <laughs> for a second. I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. So, it's adorable, though. Yeah. I love it. It is. <laughs> well, and again, this is the the callback episode. But Office Ladies, they talk about once Jim and Pam had their baby working with the babies on set and the times they had to have jelly babies, um, you know, which, you know, famously from American Sniper was widely mocked because Bradley Cooper, not so much with making his jelly baby look alive. <laughs> uh, I do. I remember that, actually. Yeah. Phenomenal movie. And then you're like, oh, wait. That is a fake baby. Uh, but, uh, you know, like just working with those girls and even there's, they, they were just talking about it. They just had this on the episode where they're watching Glee mm-hmm. and Dwight calms the baby. Mm-hmm. Notice that baby CC doesn't look like any of the other baby CCs. It's because the twins that played CC were too chill. They wouldn't cry. They wouldn't freak out. Oh so they God. had a back. They had a backup freak out baby. And then <laughs> they were saying that uh, Rain actually had like when he takes the baby and she instantly calms down. Like that was legit. Like when Rain would take that baby, she would just let go with freak out yeah. baby. It was legit. Aww. No, no suet needed. Could you imagine that that was like that's your your claim to fame? Oh yeah, I was 
I wasn't CC. I was freak out CC. Yeah. Like that's that's your role. Dude, that that scene, listeners, if you haven't ever watched the the Glee watch party scene uh, episode of The Office, it's fantastic. When Dwight makes Jim feed him pizza, it's so great. It's so oh my great. Gosh. The reverse cycling ends tonight. <laughs> so I gotta re- I gotta rewatch uh, that one. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it hold it holds up. A lot of people gave up after Steve left and didn't find anything redeeming in seasons eight, nine. It was, and it was hard. For I'm me. not those people. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like uh, Spader on there, and I loved Robert California. I think he's hilarious. I don't know. I was, I was, I was like, eh, I, I was one of those. Yeah. I didn't stop watching, but I was, I was not as enthused about it after. Yeah. Go back and watch them. It was a different kind of show. Yeah. It was. Afterwards. It was. I watched it, but it was a different kind of show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My husband would be so proud to know that we are talking about The Office because he's like, keep it alive. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's it's a regular reference here on the Solid 7 mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that you say that he's a big podcast listener. You, you, you would have thought he would have heard of us he before. Probably, he probably has and was like, meh. But he only listens he to us now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have him for at least one episode. Yeah. I'm getting at least one play. Yeah. Of yeah. Well, at least so, one. Yeah. And he's mentioned, I feel like, a lot. Yeah. So shout out to John. Now, and if, you know, you will need to do your wifely duty and guilt him into, you know, rating, thumbs up, rating the show, five stars, all those sorts of things. You I know. will pass on him. Yeah, that's so his. I'll do it. So, Although he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't like hearing me. We tried to play <laughs> um, Saints Row and he was like, it's. It, it's too it's too creepy it's too weird i'm sorry you're trying to talk to me in the middle of you talking to me i can't do that <laughs> we can't play them together that's funny i feel like that yeah. would have been that should have been a bigger talking point how your husband can't hear your work like what it. he does not like it, it is he a big out. i know he's a big gamer but he's a big like tabletop gamer is he also a, really into video games uh, yeah, yeah. He does like video games. He's not um, like where he does all the different kinds of video games. He'll have a couple and just like The Office and just like Seinfeld and just like Friends, he'll replay his favorites. He just finished playing The Last of Us, which is a very big, famous video game. But he just finished like his fourth playthrough of it. Like he'll like it and he'll just it's like one of the TV shows where he just replays it. Um, so he does. He just doesn't play as many as other true like gamers mm-hmm. um video or tabletop games board games are his thing well i would imagine too like playing a video game as your character and then like hearing you die different ways would that would mess with people that would mess with me that, that's a little yeah. weird so i get that though it would be funny if you guys were like you know in a tiff and you've kind of gone your separate ways in the house. Cause sometimes you got to just calm sure. down sometimes. And next thing you know, you just hear him firing up that game <laughs> <laughs> and your character's about to get it. Just all the lives yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> just various ways. <laughs> yep. I, I could see that happening. She said I could hear a day, a die 90 ways. We're going to hear all of them. Um... <laughs> It's a, it's a good outlet. It's like a little uh, electronic voodoo doll. Not that we condone voodoo here at the Solid Seven Podcast. But no, but, you know. It can be cathartic. But video games are, are a different thing, yeah. I think. 
I don't know. He thinks it's weird. I think he thinks my job is weird. I think because so like I said, a lot of the stuff that I record now is still from home, even after like COVID, like some of the stuff will be in studio, but a lot of it's still at home. And he'll hear me like through the walls come screaming. He's like, God, that's just so weird. After he says, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, hey, sorry if that was loud. And he's like, it's just weird. I'm like, well, it pays the bills. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, we're we're past well past my minimum two hour mark, uh, and uh, it's been a good time. He's right; you do have an interesting career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'll be bothered by your voice on video games, but I can understand him being bothered. But thank you so much for for doing this, and uh, you know, others have to pay for your voice. We got it free of charge in this instance, so hey. appreciate it, and. Uh, we gotta do it. We gotta do it again sometime. Maybe when, uh, like, if you know, maybe you're about to be the voice of a Disney princess. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you want the Solid Seven podcast to be your first stop to talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, don't maybe the little people. Maybe maybe they're trying to book you on a bigger <laughs> show, and you're like, no, no, I have a stop to make <laughs> first. Um, or, you know, maybe we're I doing mean, I'll, I'll, my one request yeah. will be the same request as this time is that Alex is co not n- Okay. Here's, I, I'm going to put this out there right now. We're recording. I've got to stick to this. Okay. If, if you're, uh, you know, like top bill character in a Disney movie mm-hmm. and you come on the podcast to talk about it, not only will Alex be here, you will get a solid seven tumbler. They don't even exist and you will get <laughs> My hand to God, you will get a solid seven tumbler. I will not be Ooh. outdone by the mouse. And it and it will have um, candy coated almonds, which Disney can do because they do have machines, but not like not like us. Oh, okay, okay. Looking so yeah, to it. it's a combination. God, now I have a lot of pressure on me. Let's see if I can book one of those. <laughs> yeah, do it for us. <laughs> I'll do it for you guys. For you guys. Yeah. I know you otherwise wouldn't be interested, but now, now that there's solid seven tumbler on the table, mm-hmm. it's gotta get I don't it. even know what that looks like. I have a mug and it's cracked. It came cracked. I'll just say that. Okay. But I don't get, you requested the cracked mug. I, I don't request, give out cracked mugs. That's true. You give out regular mugs. <laughs> yes. So. But not even to every guest. You have to be a, like a Patreon supporter. Yeah. Yeah. The $10 Patreon supporters get get better than average coffee mugs. That's mm-hmm, true. You mm-hmm. can't just. Mine was cracked because I'm only in the $5 tier and I saw it and I was like, <laughs> I want uh, that one. And they anyway. they did a survey recently about the merch and one of the options like, would you want to make your merch available for purchase, not just like with subscriptions, which I, I absolutely would. There's other ways to do it and they take too big a cut, but it's just so hassle free. I'm like, ah, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, take your pound of flesh. But yeah, people could buy <laughs> buy a mug or a t-shirt without becoming a, a supporter. I mean, become a supporter for sure. But if you just want to think of us when you drink your coffee, okay, that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Be your lukewarm Jocko go. So, but <laughs> if you want a one of a kind solid seven tumbler. You have to be a Disney princess. You, yeah, you got to be a Disney princess. That's the only Not just giving those things away. Yeah. <laughs> that's a real special tier of Patreon. <laughs> So, well, Jeannie, thank, legit, thank you so much for doing this. This was a blast. Alex, thanks for co-hosting. Anytime. Just Yay! stepping in, <laughs> filling in the, the shoe that has been quite empty over there since Josh abandoned me. And listeners, thank you, too, for tuning in each and every week. 
Uh, welcome to new listener, Jeannie's husband, who is how you'll be known on the podcast going forward. <laughs> and, uh, but listeners, we love you. We appreciate you. Jeannie, where do, where do people find you if they want to? I'm told that's a horrible interview question, and I don't see why. I think it's fine. Yeah, if people want to find me, they can. Um, it's super simple on Twitter and Instagram. It's just at Jeannie Tirado. That's it. Um, just my first and last name. Uh, very simple. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. if you're if you're on Instagram and you find a, a genie, I'm going to give the white guy pronunciation a genie Torado without oh, yes. without also, without the blue check. No. It's the wrong one. It's the wrong one. Yes, it's the wrong one. And if you if you struggle with the spelling or anything, you can do what Jeannie tells all the non fans at the cons to do and just Google her. Yep. <laughs> It'll probably pull up Jeannie Mai before me. Um, she's like, a, I think she's like a makeup artist or something. But if you just look up Jeannie Tirado or Jeannie Tirado, um, voice actress or voice actor, I'm sure it'll pull up something about me and just go down the rabbit hole. So do that. Go watch Soul if you haven't already. Watch for Principal Arroyo. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna embarrass us all by trying to roll the R's. But oh, watch I was for. Looking forward <laughs> to yeah, that. watch for. I do say Mofongo properly. He does. Um, but hey. uh, so watch for Principal Arroyo. And uh, hey, go go play uh, Resident Evil. Play the new uh, DLC and listen for listen for Rose. And, uh, yeah, check, check it out. And uh, if you want to know more about us or, uh, you know, whatever, connect with us more here at the podcast, visit the website, solid7podcast.com, solid7podcast.com, where you can find links to the latest episodes like this one that you're listening to right now, upcoming events, good causes to support, one of which, a great cause to support, is uh, our Patreon, where you can get some bonus content. We're now allowing you to... Uh, our $10 Patreon supporters get to listen into live recording sometimes during the month, and there's some other bonus content there, stuff like that. And it helps us do things like uh, buy new headphones for our in-studio guests. So Alex is wearing fancy new studio headphones. I'm over here showing them off like it's not a podcast. This like week. it's a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, Patreon support appreciated. But, uh, you know, the best thing you can do is if you're not already subscribed, already following us on your podcast app of choice, please do that. A thumbs up, a five-star rating, and especially a review goes a long way to help others find us and enjoy their their drive time, their, their commute, just – just that much more like you're doing right now. So, uh, Jeannie, thank you again. Alex, appreciate it. I mean, you'll even get a credit in the show notes. It'll be co-host. Heck yeah. It'll be right there in the show notes. And listeners, we, we couldn't do it without you, and we wouldn't want to if we had to. And with that, we're out. Ciao. The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GORUCK. GORUCK designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet. Tested and proven at thousands of GORUCK events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GORUCK brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GORUCK link to learn more about their gear and events. And a portion of every purchase and every event registration you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. Mm-hmm.